All right, welcome to Two Idiots Talking Sports. I'm Chance Del Fuego, and with me as always is... Drunk Tim! And then we add a third. We still have the acronym of TITS, I believe, uh, when you have a third, because it's still three idiots talk sports, so it's still TITS. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall. And with us is Blair Smith, the one, the only, and yes, just like the three-titted lady... On Total Recall, which they remade and they still did the three titted yes, lady. That was ah. iconic. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't do that movie without it. It, it still thing. sucked. Like their version still sucked, but it had Kate Beckinsale in it, dude. I watched it just for that. Well, that is one of the most smoking hot babes I've ever seen in my entire life. She was pretty amazing. So was uh, Jessica Beale, too. That's right. Oh, yeah. They were and both in there. Oh, my goodness. I skipped out the second Total Recall just because I didn't think there would be a three-titted woman. So. There was. That's my, my Spoiler fault. alert. <laughs> there, the, yeah, the, there were you people. You ruined it for me now. Sorry. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> plot twist. Yeah, just when you think she's not coming out. Somebody watching that entire movie just to see the three-titted lady, that just that blows my mind. Oh. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised so in this day So, do I blow your mind then? I would rather you blow my mind than something else. Oh, wow. Because, no, once I saw that, I, I just stopped the movie and went and did something else. Like, it's like, time to exercise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we are two, three idiots talking sports today. This is July 22nd, 2018. We are at the On the Border Studios here in Oklahoma City. Uh, thanks to On the Border for... Uh, giving us a space to be able to do our thing, our uh, idiocy and our fun and whatever other words and adjectives you want to throw out there. Uh, so if you're ready, let's talk some sports. We're going we're gonna to start talking about what all's happened this week, and then we're going to finish off. We're going to uh, start our NFL preview and preview all the AFC teams and take it all the way to the AFC championship game and give our predictions and we'll see if we're right dead on or just completely off uh, so we'll see how that goes but well, this, uh, this is going to be official this is going to be yeah we're going to actually write this stuff down it'll be fun and we'll see how we do at the end of the year yeah so uh, so this week this week just like the summer's been summer's been uh, summer of free agency, so we have to go into that. The biggest free agency uh, trade, basically, to happen is Kawhi Leonard is traded against his will to the Toronto Raptors. And what do the Spurs get? The Spurs get DeMar DeRozan from the Raptors. So, to take Tony Parker's place, I imagine. Uh, well, no, Demar's more of a two, whereas uh, Parker played the point. But uh, he would he would take over the two guard role, like uh, like Mono Ginobili, somebody like that. Um, but Kawhi, uh, it's funny the picture that they that they show where he uh, he's meeting with the GMs and the upper management of Toronto. He does not look thrilled to be there, so to speak. Uh, so what you get? No one has Kawhi ever looked thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You never really see him smile like a Russell Westbrook or something like that, you know? Yeah. Now, now I don't know if you know, but Toronto pretty much did DeMar DeRozan kind of dirty. I know it's a business, but even within the same month, they told DeMar, hey, we're not trading you. 
where you're our guy. We're not trading you. Franchise tag. I oh guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Demar's actually been very loyal to Toronto. He two years ago he had an opportunity to go back to his home. He's from Compton, and he had an opportunity to go back home to the Lakers. And he said, "No, I love it here. I want to stay in Toronto." He basically pulled like for us the Russell Westbrook move. Hey, I'm staying here. I'm loyal to you guys. You know, much love, right? Well, the organization assured. DeMar DeRozan, hey, we, we're not trading you. You're our guy. And then, bam, you're getting traded. And we're getting Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't want to be here. It's kind of like what Oklahoma City owners did to the city of Seattle. Like, no, we're not moving you. We're just, you know, we're, we're trying to get you a new stadium. Like, like they knew that there wasn't going to get a new stadium oh, built. No, 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 no. So. Everybody knew from the moment that Oklahoma City stepped in and bought that franchise that they were moving. Now, DeRozan, when Toronto comes out and says to him, we're not going to move you, they probably truly envision that, yeah, he is the cornerstone of our franchise for the future. But then all of a sudden, you know, you've got this nice little silver nugget and a gold nugget shows up. Well, I'm going to get rid of my silver nugget and go for my gold nugget. You're going to yeah, because he's one of the top yeah, they didn't ten have players any in the league, probably. Yeah, I don't have any intention of trading you, but now that I see that I have something better, I'm going for it. But is it and worth it? Is it is business. Is it worth it? I mean, let's face it. Kawhi has already shown that he obviously he had a real problem with the Spurs, where he decided he wasn't even going to play in the playoffs. And then now he's kind of already made it a little bit known he doesn't even want to be in Toronto. So why would you why would you give up your your star? Now I know he didn't do well in the playoffs. Demar did a crappy job in the playoffs for him. They got swept by the Cavs. But why would you? Which that, is it seems nasty. like a, it seems like a big risk. Like you're giving up your star now to get a guy who doesn't even want to be there, and it's on a one year contract. It's a huge risk, but <laughs> you also have to look at. Let me look what Oklahoma City accomplished with Paul George. Yeah. And, you know, on a one-year deal, we're going to show him and sell him on the city and the culture and the franchise. Problem is, is you can do that in Oklahoma City. You cannot do that in Canada. This guy. <laughs> yeah, well, like, we're a small-town he, place. He's an American citizen from now on. Everywhere he goes to get back to where he wants to be and entertained or whatever, he's going to have to fly away. He's going to have to have an active passport all the time. With their NBA players, I understand they do this anyway, but it's still a pain in the ass for travel purposes. Yeah. Toronto, you cannot sell an NBA player from America on Toronto as the promised land. It's not going to happen. He'll be no. gone in a year. No, I mean, Chris Bosh left. He went to Miami. You had Vince Carter eventually get sick of it. He left. I mean, it – I'm, I, from all I've heard is Toronto's a great city. Like, it's it's really awesome. I would not know. They're I've nice. never been. <laughs> you know, I've never even been up northeast at all. So I, I couldn't say from experience. I'm sure it's an awesome town. But if he has his heart set, like, I want to be in L.A., it doesn't matter what how great Toronto is. It just seems like he really just wants to be in L.A., and he knows if he's on this one-year deal. I think the Paul George thing is a little bit different because he came in with Russell Westbrook. I think Russell – the fans were great, of course, but I think Russell Westbrook was one of the main reasons Paul George decided to stay was I could stay, I could play with this guy who's committed, and we can play together and have this thing. He's never played well, with a superstar before. Kawhi's going in with this organization that's had some success regular season-wise but hasn't really – done much and 
Uh, I mean, you got Kyle Lowry at the point, but he's kind of faded in the playoffs too. It's funny that DeMar DeRozan gets all the the crap for sucking in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry is like gone missing too. I mean, the, the there's a reason you get swept by the Cavaliers in the playoffs. It's like your whole team forgets how to play basketball. But not only a Cavaliers team, but a like a, like almost like a skeleton team Cavaliers. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Kyle Lowry is going to be able to convince Leonard to stay. But I mean, maybe maybe they're thinking beyond. Maybe they're thinking chess moves. You know, thinking well, maybe we move beyond this. But I, I, boy, it just seems like a big risk to me. Joke's gonna be on them, dude. It's gonna happen. You think it'll end poorly for Toronto? Oh yeah, they just made a really stupid move. I mean, like with with Paul George, because that's what we're talking about. Paul George comes to Oklahoma City. Like you said, he gets to play with Russell Westbrook. Not only top five, but top three or four players in the in the world. I mean, and when you come to Oklahoma City, you're a god. When you go to Toronto, you know they got the baseball team. You know the Toronto Blue Jays that won the World Series back in the '90s with Oklahoma's Joe Carter. And uh, all that kind of stuff. You got hockey. Yeah, and they remember got hockey's hockey. hockey's number king one up there. over there. So, you know, it's like apples to oranges. You can't sit there and compare the Paul George in Oklahoma City versus the the Toronto stuff because, for one thing, Oklahoma City Thunder have Sam Presti, who is, as we've talked about on this podcast before, to me is a genius. The he's the money ball of probably any sport. Basketball, football, I, I would put him, if he knew football and all that kind of same stuff that he does with basketball, I would hire him in a football franchise any day of the week. I want to use that to transition to uh, talking about Sam Presti being a genius. Also a genius move this week, the Thunder are able to now officially uh, get rid of the Carmelo uh, contract. They're able to. I I don't. I, I still don't understand how the Hawks do well in this situation. But they essentially get rid of Carmelo to the Hawks. But then the Hawks basically buy him out, and now he's a free agent to go where, wherever he wants. <laughs> so the Thunder have literally now saved almost nearly a hundred million dollars in this equation. I believe it's eighty-three million. Yeah. To, so, towards their uh, cap, the luxury tax. They've saved all this money in this uh, in in these moves. It's absolutely it's genius. And you would never believe in a million years that anything like this would happen. You're like, no, they're stuck with that, man. And they got younger and faster. They got younger. They got faster by getting rid of, uh, you know, the addition by subtraction, and they got rid of the money piece. I mean. Absolute genius. Absolute brilliance. And it makes me wonder, did Sam Presti know he was going to do that whenever he got him to Oklahoma City? You you have to wonder. I I don't know if he would admit to that or not. I would never, ever play a game of chess against Sam Presti in my entire life. No matter how much I studied and Bobby Fischered that crap, there's no way. Ever. I, I, I still don't even know. Like, the Hawks, I think they got a pick out of the deal. They got a pick. They got a first round draft. But you're pick, buying out a tw- basically his twenty eight million dollars, Carmelo. Th- now this is sad. This is a sad statement on Melo. You're being paid now. I mean, you're getting paid no matter what. But you're getting paid twenty eight million dollars to go away. That's what's happening. Think about that. 
We don't want you. Like on, on a the cruise? Hawks, on not a- even the Hawks. The Hawks are like, we will pay, we will buy you out to get on out of here. <laughs> I think that's absolutely amazing. So, but yeah, he, they get a pick. and So, so our, it makes me feel like the Hawks, you know, CEO, person in charge of basketball operations is the exact opposite of Sam Presti. It looks like it. Sam Presti just teabagged that person. Wow. Nice. It's a good analogy. It is. That's a perfect analogy. Well, last week we talked about how... Checkmate. uh, We talked about how we may not like it, but there's some organizations that are just smarter than others. Like, unfortunately, with the Warriors and what they're doing, man, what they're doing is smart. Oklahoma City, the things they're doing are very, very smart. I mean, we are playing above our uh, expectations as far as in the front office. I mean, the rest yes. of the league has got to be oh, yeah. impressed. Uh, and maybe a little and, scared. But then you have your organizations, dare I say the Sacramento Kings, dare I say the Atlanta Hawks. There's a reason why Cleveland there's such Browns. a gap. It's <laughs> not. It, some people are quick to go, well, cheating. Ah, sometimes people are just flat out smarter, and you're just left holding – what you're holding, going, oh, wow, I look like a real moron right now. Yeah. But you also have to consider, you know, we, we don't know what's going to go on with Schroeder. We do have yeah. a, a legal issue with him. And even though we don't have all the – I mean, we have most of the details. We still don't know whether they're going to charge with a felony or a misdemeanor on this assault charge. Yeah. But behind the scenes, what made Atlanta deem him so invaluable that they would rather get rid of him and pay somebody else $30 million to go away – Mm-hmm. There may be something that we don't know about this guy, either being a locker room cancer or that somebody else within the Atlanta judicial system has said, yeah, get rid of him. Well, I, I can bet you that the Thunder know about it. Uh, I th- I'm, I'm sure they've looked into uh, – and they may not even well, – they may, may not even plan on him even playing at all. The, they the may, thunder, the, and the again, whole idea right, was just to get rid of the – The Thunder the may not deal. care. The thunder, it, for them, the Thunder, it's, it's a gamble – Yes, but no matter what, we've saved ourselves $80 million and we're taking a chance that we're going to get a couple of players in return, as opposed to not saving the $80 million and, and keeping Carmelo, which was not, you know, he wasn't helping us anyway. Well, no. you say getting the, the other players from the, from the draft? No, no, we, we're getting Schroeder from Atlanta and we're getting okay, TLC. I've heard of him a little bit. TLC. Um, I. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. He goes by the initial deal. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're getting him and a uh, uh, deal with the 76ers. Yeah. Well, all so I know is it's a three-team trade, which happens a lot lately. Right. I mean, this is not something that we grew up with. But I, in my opinion, and I feel like it's a good one, like every man does. But in Sam Presti, I trust. Yeah. He, he he will figure something out if these guys suck. He'll you know he'll develop them like he did. Uh, Jerry and Grant, I think is his name. Jeremy Grant, yes. Jeremy Grant, yes. Oh my God! Please keep developing this dude. This guy's gonna be a superstar. He's gonna start. Holy yeah. crap! This guy's good. Yeah. Like he made Mello say, "No, uh, <laughs> he's good." Like, <laughs> let him play. Well, and then the flip side, I was talking about Kawhi's viewpoint earlier, kind of flipping back, sorry, uh, but I I didn't even think about the viewpoint from DeMar DeRozan. What does he do now with the Spurs? Uh, You wonder, 
you would think from the outside looking in, he's going into a good place in San Antonio that's well coached. The best coach of all time. But maybe. does he really even want to be there now? Uh, do the Spurs do the Spurs still have a shot at the playoffs? Are yes. they contenders Spurs at all? Have a shot at the yes. As long Spurs. as they have Greg Popovich, they are going to have a shot at the playoffs. Agreed. Okay. And he's going to be he's able done, to take that talent better, and mold it into what he wants to be. He's done a better job coaching with less talent than most in a, or in, in a, NBA franchises have in the last 15 years. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. You just wonder if he'll be on board after now feeling a little bit betrayed by the organization that just promised him the world or basically that he's their guy and now he's going here. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a tale of lack of trust now. You've got two guys now that don't – are leaving this trust of their organizations going to the same organization <laughs> that they didn't trust. I, I don't know. Is Pops, like, is the next headline going to be, is Pops quitting? <laughs> you do Well, some do wonder. They wonder if he's got a couple of years left and then he's going to retire, maybe. Um, you know, How uh, old is he? Does anybody know? I believe he's I'm, close to 70. I was about to say, he's got to be pushing 70. Yeah, he, he's, he's up be. there. But Pops also strikes me as a guy, he, he's not... He's not a shoot, you know. He's not a shoot from the hip type of guy. When he's ready to retire, he's going to announce it. I see it coming as you know, this will be my final year type of an announcement and coach through the season. Absolutely, yeah. He always reminds me of the Belichick of basketball. No emotion, nothing. Yeah, Just on, like on to Cincinnati. Like they should send his ass to the Wizard of Oz. He can <laughs> fix him. Only he can. Shit. <laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. No, imagine Pops and fucking Belichick like holding hands, running down the yellow brick road, and like that—that's <laughs> got to be a meme somewhere in there. <laughs> All right. So also this week we had the uh, we had the Major League uh, Baseball All Star Game. Major League Baseball. We also had the Home Run Derby. Uh, Bryce Harper wins the Home Run Derby, uh, kind of in dramatic fashion. Actually, it was one of the better Home Run Derbies in a long time. He was kind of tied up and then he goes off and hits nine straight home runs uh, to win the whole thing to win the home run derby and kind of has is sporting like the American flag sleeves and is this the guy that had his dad pitching to him yes yes and so you had all that you had all that, that was like drama. some feel the dream shit yeah it, it kind of brought some good uh, good feel vibes uh, to back to baseball and and honestly it's weird that Bryce Harper was was even in it, you know. Last week we talked about how there was a lot of guys on the home run derby. It's like we don't, you don't even recognize who that guy is. But it was. I feel like it was good for baseball that Bryce Harper, a, a name somebody can actually recognize, actually won the home run derby. Even though honestly he's having an awful year. Uh, you know that's kind of going under the radar. But the guy's barely hitting above 200. Yeah, I mean he uh. is. And this is in a contract year too. So like. You know, typically your contract year, you are your numbers are inflated, so you can get the biggest contract possible. You do as much steroids as possible. Yeah, you yeah you just shoot up as much as you can, and, uh, and then get your you know get your pay on. You know, uh, you got to learn how to pop he, the vein just right. But he's doing it the opposite way. He's sucking pretty bad this year for the Nationals. So there's even wonder if uh, they may end up trading him. You know, even a, an iconic guy like Harper, but. Maybe he might fit better somewhere else. Uh, he could I've just never, went out of Washington. 
I've never understood. You know, <laughs> he's playing an NBA player thing. <laughs> to me, I feel like you know because we were talking statistics on one of our podcasts, and you're not a big statistics guy. And I think I had mentioned that I feel like baseball is one of those sports that statistics are on, no yeah. matter what. Like this person's on base percentage versus a right-hander versus a left-hander, their batting average versus you know their all that stuff. It's oh, it's all about the numbers. It's totally mathematical science, I mean, all that kind of even, stuff. Even even to get in the Hall of Fame, even to get in the Hall of Fame, it's all about numbers. You have to hit certain types of numbers in order to be even considered for the Hall of Fame. Whereas like the NBA or NFL, it's a little more loose. I mean, it's still pretty strict, but it. it Compared to baseball, you know, uh, it just seems like if you're if you're under like 300 home runs, a lot of times it's like, uh, you're good, but nah, don't even consider you. Like you have to pay somebody off to get in here. But <laughs> but the thing I was gonna say is, to me, I don't understand the idea because I you know I just said that I don't understand. Or I mean, I said that maybe it might be a better fit for him somewhere else. But offensively, speaking in the game of baseball, I don't understand how that even works. Maybe the lineup and everything, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. I can only imagine that being a better fit somewhere else in baseball might work more so for that person on the defensive side. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Well, the biggest story coming out of baseball this week with – uh, the all-star game and every, you know the all-star game was the all-star game and, and everything else which I as a fan I like but I understand that there's people that that don't like baseball and and it's and there's a lot of people that really hate on all-star games in general uh, sure, whether it be yeah. the Pro Bowl or the NBA or whatever but uh, the big story this week was the marketing and where baseball is right now and the commissioner Rob Manfred came out and basically kind of, Threw Mike Trout under the bus. The greatest baseball player in the world right now? Oh, yeah. And putting up numbers we haven't seen in, I mean, just obscene numbers. Um, but essentially saying he doesn't do a lot of social media, he kind of keeps to himself. Uh, it, it's just weird. It's like it's like it would be weird like if back in the day, if uh, whoever whoever the commissioner of football was back in the day, when they would, if they would to say, well, Barry Sanders is great and all, but, you know, he doesn't really get out there and promote anything. It's like Barry Sanders was great. And, you know, Barry Sanders was to himself. He wasn't a go-promote-myself kind of guy at all. Still is. He still is. That's just who, Always will that's just who yeah. he is. And guess what? That's That's what Mike Trout is. You know, so why are he you going to promo- change that? He promoted stuff on the field. Yeah, he was watchable. He was he was great to watch on the field. So is Major League Baseball, is it – do you think they're kind of feeling like maybe they're dying or, or, or dwindling? They've I mean, been dying for years, and they've just been trying to, like, throw their fish hooks out there and say – Whatever we can do to try and take some of the viewership away from the NFL and the NBA, please, please, that's the steroid thing is killing us. We're that close. We're melting! It's not even the steroid thing. The steroid issue is almost a thing of the past. It's just that baseball is, you know, it's, it hasn't been America's pastime forever. Uh, you know, football, obviously, the NFL has superseded every other major national sport now the nba is climbing and catching up to that but you know 
they're just leaving Major League Baseball in the dust. It's not there's no action in it. You know, they've taken baseball out of the Olympics and then put it back in and then taken it out. It seems like because nobody cared about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say that. I, I love the baseball. Japanese love baseball. Baseball is is exciting when you. It's an exciting spectator sport. It's NASCAR. You can sit there and go and enjoy it live and in person out in the sun with a dog and a beer, but you can't watch it on television. It's it's not a sport that is designed for television. Well, you're also not going to have like huge car wrecks in the game of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Like, but that you know, there's so many people that fall asleep on their couch watching a baseball game and everything. But you know, they'll they'll stay awake for a NASCAR game because they just know if they fall asleep, they're going to miss that wreck. I think uh, there's got to be uh, probably several things that kind of lead into it. I think we've got people with like much much less like attention spans like you can't pay attention to a four-hour game of baseball i mean you can if you're there even there you're kind of doing other things you're talking you're texting (laughs) but that's it's funny because that's part of the greatness of the sport and at the same time it's kind of its downfall because it's a real relaxed it's loose you can just kind of go and have a day at the park you know but now when it's on television, like you're saying, it's it's kind of a problem because it's not really keeping your attention. And then we're in a highlight age where basically now you've got more strikeouts than ever because people are gunning for home runs. So you're not seeing a whole lot of people are trying to hit in the gap. So you're not seeing these great diving catches because people are shooting for the fence or striking out. Well, you can't keep showing highlights of people striking out. I mean, that's really... They're not displaying the true great nature of the game because of the way that the game has become. And it's Yeah, and it's kind of changing. They're like, well, if I, I either hit home run or bust, that's what I'm going to be known for is do I did I jack out 40 home runs this year? And there's money involved with that. Well, for even 40 home runs in, in 162 games. You, you think about that. It's like... You know that on any given night, like, let's say a star, like if you go see Steph Curry on a given night, he's most likely going to light it up. He's going to put 20, 30 points on the board. He's going to knock down some cool threes, things like that. A baseball player, you go see Mike Trout, you go and see him one day, he might go 0 for 4. Uh, he On a great day, he might go 2 for 4. Or 4 for 4. But, I mean, but – but that's but that's very unlikely. Very rare. I mean, you have you've made it on a great day if you see him go four for four, and so it's just rare. You, it's so hit and miss. You don't know what you're going to catch. You you don't know who's going to hit a home run that day. And a lot of times you want to see the stars make the plays and do things like that. Baseball, it's kind of spread out. You don't know. Now the first game of the season this year, it was kind of cool because the very first at bat for Giancarlo Stanton, first at bat. Jacks it out, and it was great. I mean, but the great moment. But those are just so few and far between. I feel like it's one of those niche things. You brought up NASCAR. I feel like you're either into it or you're not, and that's what it is. It's not going to ever be on this global, like casual fan thing like it used to be before. Not as much anyway. You're either really into baseball. Or you just hate it, and you're not going to watch it. Okay, for everybody listening out there who has anything to do with the progression of baseball, soccer's coming after you. <laughs> it is. It's coming after it. <laughs> Hell, what, what do we watch this week? There, 
cornhole is becoming more popular. <laughs> They're televising cornhole championships, professional cornhole. There was even a moment this week on television that they had that damn, um, what is it, that damn slap ball thing. You remember that thing? It was like that round deal and you slap the ball. It's like volleyball rules. Slam ball. You have to okay. slam it. Slam it bounces off, and you have to like strategically. They're televising that. What's this it's like a backyard game? Was this like professional pogs or something? Yeah, <laughs> like like we're just desperate to watch almost anything other than like this should be the heart of baseball season. Where it's like, yeah, let's get into baseball. What what television programming and ratings is telling us is. We would rather watch something else. Like soccer. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, forget uh, soccer. We're right in the middle of July, summer, and I am willing to bet. I haven't got any statistics in front of me. I would be willing to bet that the World Series of Poker drew more viewership on ESPN than any baseball game. I, I wouldn't. You, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against that. Well, and, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that it's close. I mean, even if it's close and. The All Star Game of the Major League Baseball, even if they're winning, that's a sad day for their sport. Yeah, or even something like the the E three, the gamers, like, oh guys, all right, I'm gonna kill you with my Fortnite. No, <laughs> dude, I, I watched that stuff. That. It's kind of fun to watch. But again, See, there, there's there's an there's an entertainment value to it, whereas with baseball and, and you say soccer's coming after them. Yeah, soccer is coming after baseball, but they're not going to eclipse the NBA, or the NFL. Okay. No, no. Well, you know, they still they, no. There, you, only you missed so out the other one. Climb. Like hockey is probably is hockey above baseball right now. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't go that far yet. I mean, of course, we're talking about in America. Of course, yeah. in Canada, like remember hockey? Hockey, hockey had that there. moment just a few years ago. It just well, it just about went bankrupt. Like. Hockey was was close. I guess I didn't it hear that because I was probably too busy not watching hockey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hockey was real, real close to. I mean, it, it was bad. Uh, so, like, kind of like the WNBA, I guess. Oh yeah, and also currently. Oh, oh my goodness! Currently, we are. We, we we said we wouldn't mention much about golf, but right now we're on the final day of the Open. Tiger Woods is uh, just a, hit a birdie. He's he's uh, he just hit a birdie. So now he's like in a like I don't know how many people tied Woo. for uh, first right now, and he's, no, no, he's tied for second. He's, a, he's even a, after that birdie shot. Even yeah. if he stays at second, tied for second, whatever, man, Tiger Woods is back. Yeah, he was behind. He caught up, and so now we're we're kind of doing the podcast, and we kind of have one eye on what's going on here, just because. I mean, it's Tiger Woods. Uh, otherwise, I don't even think this would be on. We would be watching. He is reruns putting the pressure of, uh, on that. Did you see his mannerisms? Uh, what what they say his name was malaria, uh, Melanie. Something like yeah, I'm that. pretty sure his name wasn't Malaria. It's Molinari. Yeah, he oh, is. He's he just one, took he's, the lead. However, Molinari just took the Molinari yeah, took, took the lead. lead. So he's minus seven on six. fourteen. Dang it! So Tiger, Tiger's now two shots back. I, it looks like Tiger's going to fall just short on this thing. Which, How old is Tiger now? He's got to be forty. I believe he's forty-two. Yeah, forty-two somewhere around there. So he he's right there. So this is a big moment for him to be able to come back and and even be in the mix. I thought like he this. would never come back. I don't care if he's in the top twenty. Yeah, go Tiger. Well, he had he everybody had loves so many. Comeback. 
just the mental aspect wasn't there and then uh, of course he had constantly had like multiple surgeries and different things it he just, had drums with his knee I believe right yeah oh yeah and so it, it was taking away some of that torque when he's he was great on the drive but yeah I mean, his drive was probably better than most yeah but it, it was it was it was pretty powerful and it was doing damage to his body it seems like so I guess but, his mid game was probably the part that was struggling but like I mean I'm talking about like his greatest years. Like he was always great at the drive. He was always great at the putting. But it was always his mid game that was his downfall. If you want to give Tiger a downfall at uh, the, in his prime, yeah, I don't in even his think prime. He had a, a issue with his mid range game. Oh, just unstoppable. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's insane how good he was. Man, but it, but I mean, of course, right now we're talking about the greatest of all time because of all the things that Jack Nicholas has done and everybody else that has sure well Tiger you know Tiger's obviously wanting to catch and beat the record for majors uh, of course you got to win one first and and so for him to be in the mix with this one now it makes it interesting and it keeps you know it, it, it does keep it relevant as far as man can he do it and he's showing right now that he can be in the mix I mean you can Dog he's him all you, you can fire. dog him all he wants, but but now you have to agree he's he's right there. He's um, got that passion back. It looks like he's that he literally a couple of shots away. <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. So as we're going through this podcast, we're going to be trying to watch this closely as well as go through our inf- you know our information that we have. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, you'll already know what happened. But this is happening live for us. So there you have it. Uh, this week, this is good practice. For this us. week uh, was a big, big week in sports for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was out on a date with a, uh, I guess it's a high-level porn star this week. Um, like uh, TMZ Sports Stormy, reported Stormy Daniels, like cousin or something. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't her cousin. This lady, this uh, this lady, lady. Yeah, she's is, a lady. Uh, lady, of, uh, lady of the evening. She's maybe. a uh, lady of the more evening. of a Latin descent. Uh, her name is uh, Kiara Mia. If you want, if you want to look her up, <laughs> uh, she's she's very curvy. Uh, I will give her that. Yeah, but hey, he, big girls need love too, brother. But Jimmy G was out, was spotted out on a date with uh, with this lady. She's now she's forty one, uh, and of course Jimmy is uh, twenty six. So kind of a cougar thing going on, you know, with the with the porn star. Age means nothing to me. So yeah. Well, I mean, unless it makes me go to jail, then. Well, so what do you think about that? That's um, there, there's the yes. picture there. Um, I don't know. Do we say hooray for the 26-year-old or hooray for her? Exactly. No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, That's a great question. Here's Jimmy G. He's a uh, starting quarterback now, young, in the NFL, and just signed the— Can have anybody he wants. Just signed one of the biggest contracts that there is in the NFL, and so he's living large, and then it looks like he's going large. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, so... Now, when we say 41, 41. is that bus size or is that age? That's both. Okay, yeah. all right. 41. It's both. Yeah, good 41, yeah, 41 good, good bus size. Good looking size. out on that one. All right. <laughs> I just saw the picture, so... Goodness. I mean, like, yeah, there's things like orbiting those things. Like, yeah, it, it is. It's got its own system. Uh, man, my gosh, that's a great picture. It, it takes a team to work those and, 
you know, make sure that they do all the right things. So, so Jimmy likes it a little freaky, it looks like. Maybe? I don't know. Or are they just good talking buddies? <laughs> do you think she makes good conversation? You know, I bet they're How not in the friend zone. talking about? He is now a San Francisco 49er. So... <laughs> Oh my goodness, he just went there. <laughs> I think I just picked up what you're throwing down. Holy crap. Oh, okay. So it looks like she's good with oil. That's good. Um, maybe he, maybe she's his workout buddy. Is she, is she using that oil to cook? What is she doing that? What is she doing with that stuff? Maybe, she, maybe she's his spotter. It very well could be uh, teaching him some things. Safety some first, man. Safety first. It could be you, part you of his training se- uh, season right now, getting ready for the regular season. Yeah, well, and obviously she's rather fit for a forty-one-year-old, so she probably can teach him more than his, you know, strength and conditioning coaches. Absolutely. Well, last week we talked about the Kardashian effect and how uh, people with the Kardashians it just kind of went downhill from there. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with the the, the Mia effect, so, uh, so to speak. Uh, if it helps invigorate his game, or if it's now on the downhill. Is that like the butterfly effect? But it's right. the Mia effect. It's the Mia Kiara Mia effect. Yeah, I hope I'm saying that right. I, that would be terrible if that got put in the Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. There's a little bit of video. Uh, it looks like she's got some. Uh, some booty skills. Um, it's it's like watching waves at the, the you know sunset in the in the amazing. Yeah, I you know I, I didn't know that a woman could do that. Those are some curves. Like what's she doing behind that back door there? What's she doing? That like he's probably is he's she on top of like there. some fur? Like is that a real animal she's on top of there? What is? Okay, eventually, it's be fake. eventually I have to go to it the bathroom, and I need, yeah, I, need to be pissed. I need to have to and be able to stand fur. up. So, and it's white fur. I don't know. You know, there's just some things you can't get out of a. Uh, if you're gonna do those kind of things, you have to make it brown fur, right? You, you know, because some stains. Yeah, I'll just. I'm sorry. Like you I'm can't. sorry, our carpet is white, white, white. Yeah, your like, tide. The tide sticks don't fix everything. I don't know. <laughs> You can't just get in there and get like a Mr. Clean, <laughs> the, the magic eraser. eraser, and like, oh god, I gotta scrub that out. Yeah, <laughs> for the next video. For the next video. That's what I've always wondered: is they have these houses and rooms and stuff that they do they do these porn videos in. Like, I mean, is that like, do they burn the house or room down, or is like? I, I guess it's kind of like after a porn, like a, a stripper, like leaves the pole, they go and probably Clorox that pole and everything. Yeah, it's, and it, I would think it's similar would to like uh, yeah. you know how they have to send in like an asbestos removal team <laughs> with the suits. You and know, everything. I think it's something similar. Like the yeah, AIDS, it's uh, the, the AIDS. No suits. one can enter this area until the some, some um, Breaking Bad stuff. The secretions have been fully <laughs> removed. <laughs> I think it's that kind of concept. Uh, so, you know, it involves a lot of black lighting and, and things. Oh, a lot of CSI. So yeah. you're saying anytime someone comes out of a house in yellow suits and red bags that it's, it's either a murder scene or they've shot a porn. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Nice. And okay. Yeah. Out, and out in California, yeah, those are your two it, options. It could be both. Exactly. That's right. Just, they uh, shoot them out there, we burn them here. That's right. Uh, yeah, they were... <laughs> 
Hey, just don't go down to Texas. They, uh, you oh. know, well, they just stopped killing uh, mentally challenged kids. So, oh man, made a ban on that. Well, that's our fun with Jimmy G. Jimmy G, of course, is in the NFC. Uh, He's next, a long way next from the week, Tom Brady diet. Next week, we are going to preview the NFC. We're going to give our predictions on that. I got and, some crazy ones. Uh, so uh, that'll give us an opportunity to predict where Jimmy G and the 49ers are going to go and do. And uh, if there's going to be any more porn stars in the future, we can predict that too if we want. But uh, You know people are going to watch San Francisco games just to see if she's in the stands. And But at this time, we're going to go ahead and preview the AFC. And uh, here we go. <clears throat> we ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay, here we go. Three. We're breaking down the AFC, and we are going to start with the AFC East. Uh, we've got the uh, we've got the Buffalo Bills. We've got the New York Jets. We've got the Miami Dolphins, and of course, the much hated New England Patriots. Who? The Patriots. Who are they? Have you not heard of them? No. I was, oh. Um, I was sleeping under a rock. Oh. Okay. Well, glad you're out. I uh, hope everything's fine. Patrick is doing well, by the way. Oh, fantastic. Uh, that was my quick attempt at a Patrick uh, impersonation. That's I would like to say nice, talk. but nah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, AFC East, we're going we're gonna to try to break it down, give our predictions of who's going to win. But, I mean, I, I, feel like, I feel like spoiler alert. I mean... I hate this damn division. I hate this damn division so much because I think it's really, really stinking obvious who's going to win this damn division every single year. I feel like it's so freaking unfair. Uh, the it's way that, so Oakland like, Warriors, like you have, Chicago Bulls. You have currently the smart team, the smart organization, and then you got the other, hey, uh, we'll, we'll take your people off your hands and lose. I, I don't. It's like... I don't know. We'll surprise you every now and then. Yeah, I, it's just, gosh, it's like, it's like you have one team and then you got this going against the Special Olympics in their own division. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. You you can you can pick however you want, but I I feel like this one this is the division that is like a no brainer and it's well sucks. of course yeah because you've got in my mind who I think is going to win the division the New York Jets. Oh yeah, and then of course you've got you, you the, think you think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is going to make that much of a difference for well, the Jets, yeah. huh? And then of course, I obviously, was our quarterback. obviously <laughs> you've got the Patriots finishing last, finishing last in this division. Yeah, with all the turmoil. But yeah, and yeah, and I just you know whenever I was thinking about this earlier, I I started realizing I've got a humongous crack problem, and I've got to stop this shit. Right. So then I put the crack pipe down, and I was like, no, no, this is the the real world. So, yeah, dumb moment. Right. Patriots, number one. Well, the Jets, a lot of people last year thought the Jets were going to tank, uh, that they were, they were really going to try to tank and get good draft picks so they can rebuild because they're they've just been they they've just kind of become shit. I don't think they were trying. I think they just well, but, well, but even the Jets kind of messed up tanking. 
Like they still won five <laughs> games. Like you see, you know what I'm saying? Like right. they even screwed that up. Please yeah, don't like, win. If you're gonna tank, do it the Cleveland Browns way. Don't or the Houston Rockets don't, way. Don't, yeah, don't sit there and win five games. That makes you like. Middle of the draft. It looks like you even suck at that. <laughs> that it's so embarrassing. I mean, it's like <laughs> how do you, how, as a coach, as an organization, how do you go and tell your coach, okay, hey, yeah, tell them to go out there and completely suck. Don't work. Don't tell them that it has no effect on how much money they're going to make in the future. Pitch that to them. <laughs> yeah. See how that. See how well that goes. Right. Well, I think I think the Jets, you know, they did have a five-win season last year. They now have Teddy Bridgewater, who has been kind of gone for a little while. He was with Minnesota. He got hurt. But then... For a while. He actually came, like last year, he was actually ready to play. But the thing was, Case Keenum was doing such a great job with the Vikings as Woo! a third stringer. He came in and was playing such efficient football that you didn't want to screw up the formula. So they kept Bridgewater... On the bench, I mean, they, they they really had no choice. It would have been dumb to bring Bridgewater in after being gone that long, you know, and then put him in and then, te- you know, something happens. But uh, so he's actually had a couple of seasons kind of removed from actually playing football. So it's very intriguing to see what can he do. There's all He had all the potential in the world. And can he do something with this Jets offense – that quite frankly doesn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, offensive line's really not that great. Defensively, really they're building. You, I couldn't. T- I don't think I could tell you one name that I know from the Jets team right now. Well, I just gave you one. Well, I mean, besides, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, come on now. Other than that. Right. I got you. All right. So it's kind. Of, I'm kind of feeling like he's got the the. What do they call it? His knees are knocking. I'm a Bridgewater <laughs> fan. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. He's fun to watch. I just don't know that he's in an environment of that's going – he certainly isn't in the same environment he was at in Minnesota where they're obviously <laughs> on the rise. Maybe he uh, needs to, Jets. like, send a friend request to, like, Baker Mayfield and be like, hey, how are you dealing with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So you got the Jets, the Dolphins. Uh, you know, the Dolphins – were were fighting for playoff positioning last year. They were they were in that eight and eight, nine and seven type of range. They're always going to annoy some people. They've, but they've also gotten rid of some talent, like their fans. They got <laughs> they got rid of Jarvis Landry to the Browns, so they lost their their top receiver. Um, quarterback is still kind of an issue for them. They had Kenny. They brought they got Kenny Steals from New Orleans, which I thought was a good pickup. I mean. I think Kenny Stills is so underrated. I'm not – I yeah. mean, I know I'm – obviously I'm biased because I'm a huge Sooner fan, but honestly, Kenny Stills is – he's a beast. He's really good. I'll never forget that block he put on a defender in the OU Texas game that year where he just came out of nowhere and just waylaid that punk. Well, and the Dolphins also got rid of – uh, famously, Indomitian Sue from their defensive line, that who went dumb. to the Rams and made the rich get richer over there because they've got Aaron Donald, the, arguably the best defensive lineman in the entire league. Now you got Aaron Donald. Of course, now I'm flipping over to NFC, but I'm just saying now you got Indomitian Sue that the Dolphins have gotten rid of. 
So they've really gotten rid of some big-name guys off of a team that was barely fit for the playoffs. I mean, somebody had to make it. And Dominican Sue, that is a player that you can mold your entire defense around, like a Lawrence Taylor type. Yeah. Oh my, like. So this is another team that doesn't really look like they're progressing forward as far as getting better. And People then you need to get fired. And then you've got the Buffalo Bills, who you know they've they've got a decent offensive line. They've got Lashawn McCoy, but he's got his own uh, out you know off the field issues. And then there's kind of some questions at quarterback. Remember they drafted the guy from uh, Wyoming, this Josh Allen kid. That is not proven. Hasn't played against any Power Five conferences. They they honestly have no. I mean, nobody has any idea. Even the people in the know really don't know about Josh Allen right now. They don't know if this guy's going to be you know, your next Carson Wentz or if he's going to be just another bust in the NFL. So I think it's kind of intriguing as far as the Buffalo Bills because that's another team that's been fighting for playoff position. Yeah, and actually doing good moves in the front office. I mean, yeah. they are really – because they've uh, they've moved around a lot of people. I think right now they're sitting with E.J. Manuel. Am I right with that? Or is that one of the – because yeah. I know they've done a lot of moves with their quarterback play. And E.J. Manuel, I thought, was a really good pickup from Florida State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And the Buffalo Bills, I've been kind of – even though I've He's always – I've always hated the Buffalo Bills just because, it, like, I'm getting tired of chokers. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about four Super Bowl appearances, four Super Bowl losses. So, you know, you j- and their colors are just ugly and it's just stupid. So, but aside from that point, right? Which, you know, it's childish, but I don't care. So, I've actually kind of been impressed with the Buffalo Bills, and I've I've found myself rooting for them. Yeah. Awkwardly. Well, remember they got rid of Tyrod Taylor. That's that, who it was, and then they got an EJ Manuel. And that, that was a whole issue. Like they benched Tyrod. They, you know, there was just like this whole deal. Like Tyrod had shown some promise. But it, you almost get the feeling like he didn't get uh, – I mean, it's almost like he didn't get the full opportunity to really prove himself at quarterback there. So now, I can see that. So yeah. now Tyrod, which we'll talk in a minute, is with the Browns, and he and Baker Mayfield are fighting for quarterback positioning. But So now that Tyrod's gone from the Bills, they've now promoted uh, former Alabama quarterback A.J. McCarron. Woo! He's now the starting quarterback. For your team. Talk about hot girlfriends. Good Lord. Okay, Brent Musburger, <laughs> calm down. Good Lord. Have you seen the Carl's Jr. commercial? <laughs> but A.J. McCarron has been a, like a backup, for, a backup for a while. And so now he's getting a starting job. I guess maybe until this Josh Allen kid, they figure out what they're going to do with him. But it just seems like the quarterback situation – is not very good in Buffalo. It's good for bit no, it's good for business. Like, yeah, let's have some like come on, fight it out, boys. Let's see who's better. It seems like in NFL you've got to have a few things going for you. You've got to have a great uh you you have to, you have to have a great front office. You have to have a good offensive line and obviously I think quarterback has to be solid. Um and then of course your defense has to be decent. Would Buffalo's you, got would defense. You t- would you take a good quarterback versus a good coach head coach I would 
I would take a good quarterback because a lot of times a good quarterback is the coach on the field nowadays. Yeah, general. Quarterbacks have become so valuable in this day of football that, yeah, I would take a good quarterback. That's that's the difference maker a lot of times. Would you take the greatest quarterback versus the greatest coach? Because I'll tell you what, who's who do you well, consider? Look at your, look at your last, uh, what, within the last 10 years, look at your quarterbacks of the Super Bowl. You, you're looking at Brady, Manning, Rodgers. Yeah. And, and, and then the and, youngster and in Seattle. You know, yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. You have him, uh, bleh, Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. But the other, you know, the other caveat to that is, is you actually saw one of those quarterbacks switch teams and still managed to make two two Super Bowls in Peyton Manning. Yes, that's right. So, actually, that's a great point. Yes. Well, and look at it this way: who who would you consider a great coach right now in the NFL? Well, I guess right now my question is: Would you take Tom Brady or Belichick? That is the – no, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, even yeah. though I hate the little prick, versus possibly the greatest coach of all time. Well, if you're talking – And the greatest, like, I got caught cheating, but I'm still play, coaching in the NFL. If you're talking right now, I would take Belichick only because Tom Brady's old. Like, I don't know how much longer Brady's going to last. But if you, if you give me a few years, I would have to take Brady because Brady's the one making the decisions on the field. Brady's the one making plays. I think right now, like let's say, let's keep same coach. Let's say, uh, let's say the Bills said we don't want you, AJ McCarron, and now Brady's not the quarterback; it's AJ McCarron. Do the Patriots go on and win Super Bowls? I, I'm kind of thinking, yeah. I don't. Think I'm going to so. kind of think no. Based I'm on the fact definitely that we've thinking seen not. It. We we've seen it with Matt Castle behind the helm. They can win games. They can win some games, but they but can't win a Super Bowl. They can't okay. win the big ones. It's again. It, it it's all, really it all tight, though, down isn't to, it? You can, you can have that great coaching, that great team, but you have to have that that on the field presence, that field general. Yeah. You know why is it that we're seeing good teams win lots of games, but we're only seeing now? Obviously, last year with the Eagles, you you do have the exception with Nick Foles, and but you do have excellent coaching there, and you did have really really solid quarterback play out of both going games. up well, against and, the best quarterback and, and the Nick best Foles. and again you're not Nick okay, Foles did again, have some if success if I roll the dice 15 times I'm not going to get you know I'm not going to roll a 7 every time you know That's eventually you're going to you know the the again you know eventually the inferior team you know sorry Eagles fans is going to win Okay. I'm not a big Eagles but fan anymore, if, but I was rooting for him because I right. hate the Patriots uh, more same way. than... But if you had to bet that game again, which way would you bet if you're going to throw a paycheck down? Yeah. So now we move on to the inherent evil that is the Patriots. Um, the Patriots, as far as off-seasons go, I feel like had one of the worst off-seasons of all the teams in the NFL. Uh, this... This turmoil, this tension that's going on between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the organization right now is really a, a big thing. Now, in the end, I mean... It was there last year. Spoiler alert, right. I'm picking the Patriots for this division. <laughs> but I feel like it's going to at least take them down a notch because... They did get rid of a couple of very key players. Uh, you lose Malcolm Butler from the defense. Of course, he wasn't happy there. You lose uh, – <laughs> they lose the receiver, uh, Amendola. Uh, oh, which 
that's good for me because I liked Amendola when he played for the Rams. And they also so. lost. Remember, they brought in Brandon Cooks from New Orleans. They lost Brand. They lose Brandon Cooks. Uh, so that's lo- not going to hurt them that much. You lose a couple of receivers, but eventually it's got to take its toll. You know. It, it, plus, you have what does nobody want to play for the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time? No, because. Sometimes greatness is at a cost. I mean, they don't want to go in and play for the boring, the dull, we're on to Cincinnati, we're moving on, we're going to do this, we're doing it the Patriot way, don't, you know, listen to my doctors, not your doctors. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) oh my gosh, man. Yeah, it's the players. The players want to have a little more personality, you know. They would rather Let me play be myself. Man, they'd rather play for like a Harbaugh than they would a Belichick. But but they do know that they go in that they're playing for somebody that knows what they're doing and they're gonna win. But uh, wait, which Harbaugh? Oh, good point. Well, both are great. They've, I mean, both have had great success. I know, but their their coaching styles are pretty like they're a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit. I think I would rather play for John. If I was a player, I'd rather play for John. He seemed like more of a player's coach. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh's like, you better do what I say or you're going to be – yeah, people won't know you exist anymore. Well, I'm, I'm making it official. I, I'm choosing the, uh, the evil that is the Patriots for the NFC East. And, uh, that is so bold. I know, right? <laughs> I really do want to try to pick some sleepers here, but out of that stupid division, like that's why I prefaced it like you don't. This wanna, division sucks, man. You don't want to make our acronym like completely true. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. The Dolphins are gonna win it all. <laughs> Shoot. And of course, I'm sure um, you know BS over here's got the same thing. We, and I do, and I'm going to talk about BS statistics because this is why. Not that you have any other reason to pick the Patriots, but you have a perfect example of a NFL scheduling. The rich get richer. Patriots have a first place schedule this year. They are facing the NFC North in their uh, cross-conference rival. They get the two best teams out of the NFC North. Hold on a second. You're saying the NFC North like it's a handicap. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a handicap. I'm saying... Oh. Okay. Oh, I thought you were saying saying, the other way. I'm sorry. The problem I have with it is the Patriots, their home games for the NFC North are the Vikings and the Packers. The top two teams... Like the two teams... They get in Foxborough. That's a really good point. Okay, the most. Uh, let, let's forget. Well, who did they pay off this time? Like, I, I'm not sure. Let's forget. We have another. <laughs> we have another gate coming. Like we got freaking. Uh, let's forget your own division because you're home and you're home and home on all of those games. Your remaining your remaining schedule. The the Patriots home games. You get the Texans at home, the Vikings at home, the Packers at home, the Colts, and the Chiefs all go to New England. Well, you know, hey, don't count the Chiefs out because the Chiefs don't care if they're going to, uh, you know, Uh, Foxborough. Not this year. They don't have Alex Smith. You have a rookie. Well, you have a sophomore quarterback who's essentially going to be a rookie. He's got one NFL start behind his belt. So, I'm Um, hoping he's got some fire. But anyways, but again, the Patriots. You get to go to Jacksonville. You get to go to Detroit. You get to go to Chicago. Well, so no, if I'm thinking like I would want Jacksonville at home. I would want Jacksonville at home. 
uh, if you're going to play Jacksonville, I don't think their their home field advantage is not what I mean. It's it's Florida. They, yeah, the fans they, are not rabid at Jacksonville. Teams, right. <laughs> so, it's sad to well, say, but true. Right. They're, they're well, just, of course, like statistically speaking, I don't know, like. If you if anybody knows this, but I'm pretty sure the St. Louis Rams were the first team ever to win a Super Bowl with a home with a dome as a home. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. that's true. And so, like, cold weather teams do way better than warm weather teams. If they, if they have home field advantage, it's not even close. If they have home field advantage, so you you know, you gotta keep that in mind when you're playing. Oh well, yeah, well, like if like like if the Patriots are playing the Jaguars in September in Jacksonville, Jacksonville has a shot because New England's like, holy crap, it's hot and muggy. <laughs> the humidity, yeah. Oh, the humidity. <laughs> oh, the humidity. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so are we? I, I want to make it official. Are we in agreement? Uh, the Patriots number one. Not that we have to be in agreement. If you want to go on a limb and pick somebody else out of the East. No, like the other stuff I was saying was just for a joke for uh, all right, you so, know a lark. Or all right, whatever. so drunk Tim says Patriots. Blair Smith. Patriots. And I say Patriots as well. Unfortunately, I I hope we're all three wrong. Um, oh, hell to the And end. I don't even care which of the other teams that does it. Like, I, I, I hope we're wrong. I hope this Josh Allen kid for Buffalo turns out to be, like, the next Elway or something. And they're like... New England has had problems with Buffalo in the past, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see All if right. it continues. So now we move on to the North. The North, of course, has got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, and the fun-to-watch Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is the uh, the black and blue division that they call it. Uh, I'd I'd say mainly because of the Steelers and the Ravens and oh, that of course. Uh, that rivalry. Uh, so let's start off. We're from Oklahoma City, so of course we have a little bit of interest in Cleveland because our quarterback, our man Baker Mayfield. Uh, went to the Browns uh, first pick, which was kind of a surprise to me. I was surprised that he was the very first pick. I figured he would go much later. I figured he'd go first round, but like much later. I thought top ten maybe. But it just shows how much not only the Browns thought of him, but that the fact that other teams thought of them, that the Browns figured they had to take him number one or they would lose him to another team. But, of course, look at all the other blunders that they've made over the years. The Notre Dame kid. Um, oh, Tiger just screwed up another – He's, he's just—he's just, just—he is just breaking down right now. Holy shit! Was that another he, bogey? He's at negative five. He's pissed. Look at him. Golly, he's mad. Tiger, clean up your shit. Oh, he's so close. He's so close. This. <laughs> look at that look on his face. He wants it so bad. That's the tiger that we fell in love with. There you go. But so, the, the ultimate winner here is golf. The fact that Tiger yes. Woods finishes. Oh, the ratings major, had to soar because of this. You're, yeah. The, the ratings are going to soar. and Like I said, we wouldn't even have the channel on this right now if it weren't for Tiger being in the running. So Well, whenever you come over to my apartment, this is what I was watching. Right. And normally you're watching porn. So that's really good. Like, that's how much Tiger well, makes see, a difference. You and I both <laughs> have never had to have uh, vision-correcting glasses, so I don't know how you're seeing that shit on my phone. Oh, uh, yeah. So, AFC North, 
Uh, Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have actually added on. They've, you know, they've added on some weapons, if you want to call it. They've got Josh Gordon coming back. This is going to be, unless he screws it up, and he could, this is going to be Josh Gordon's first year to not be suspended for, um, uh, let's just call it recreational drug use. <laughs> so... You have Hold on a, a second. Is it the performance-enhancing uh, use of the horrible, terrifying effects of marijuana? Something to that effect. <laughs> so he's not being suspended any game so far. He's healthy and he's he's electric. He has got a. I mean, he's got a great skill set at wide receiver. They've added Jarvis Landry, like we mentioned earlier, from the Dolphins. Their number one receiver. So now you've got two. Uh, really good receivers for whoever's going to play quarterback to throw to. You've also added uh, Carlos Hyde at running back from the 49ers. Uh, I don't know who much used to about play, him. He used to play at Ohio State. He's kind of a bruiser. He's a good back. He's a Big Ten running back. But essentially, they've also gotten better in their secondary, which is more important. Uh, Cleveland's defense should be better this year. They have to be better. So well, yeah, exactly. So their defense is better. They're getting more weapons on offense, and then of course you've got the interesting dynamic at quarterback. You've got Tyrod Taylor, who's a little bit of a veteran at this point, and you've got Baker Mayfield, who's exciting, who they brought in as the first pick. He's motherfucking electric. So you have. I mean, you guys. I'm going to open the floor to you guys. I feel like I'm talking too much, but what do you think about the Cleveland Browns this year? I think. In week five, if the team planes go down for the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Ravens, <laughs> the Browns will still not have enough victories to win the division. Okay. <laughs> How many wins do you think the Cleveland Browns will get? Uh, like, what's the over-under, you think? Do you think it's, like, maybe four? Uh, I would well, say six. You uh, think they can win six? The over-under, I think, is six. Okay. They open their season at home against the Steelers, and I think they'll be 0-2 at that point. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to put the over – I'm going to say they don't win four games. Really? I, I, I just don't see there, – there's not enough there. I could see them winning five. You can see them winning five games? I'm going to – you know, obvi- I, I, I feel like I'm not going to – predict them obviously to win the division uh but i'm gonna go on a limb i'm just gonna go on a limb with this one i i'm gonna predict that they're not gonna be the worst team in the division and that means what i mean We're by only that talking is about four teams here though right uh, i feel like that they will be better than the cincinnati bengals i feel like the and wins wise uh i could see them at that six or seven spot on wins. Okay, let, let, I got to go through this. Wow, with that's you. hardcore right there. Uh, yeah. All right, everybody, you heard schedule. it first. Okay. Mr. No, 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 no. I, I got to hear this. Okay, so. Oh lordy. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's take a little bit of time here. Cleveland Browns start the season at home against the Steelers. Okay. Win or loss? They. I don't think that's automatic. It's first game of the season. Uh, anything goes. Anything yeah. goes. Okay. Any week, given Sunday. Let's just say 0-1. Oh um, week, <laughs> week two at the Saints. 
At the Saints, that's a loss. That's a loss. Oh, and two. Week three, home against the Jets. I'll give you a win. That's there. a win there. That's a win. Okay, week four, you're going to the Raiders. The Raiders are going to suck this year. You got John Gruden. You got a good quarterback. It's still first year. It's going to take time. No, uh, I, I agree with him on the Gruden. I call it a win. X Factor. But, but, but remember, I'm the one guy in the room saying the Browns will actually have six or seven Raiders. wins. So that, I say that that's one of their wins. Okay. I got to go with him on the the Raiders. Yeah. Okay. John Gruden. We're, but we're just going with we're going with the uh, Chancellor's opinion here. So that's we got right. two wins. You two said two. Chancellors. So, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> we got uh, week five. Yep. The Ravens at home. At loss. home. Either way, law on the road at home. Loss. I'll call it a loss. All right. Uh, week six. Chargers at home. That's a loss. All right. Win. Week seven going to Tampa Bay. Win, so that's three and four. All right, week eight going to Pittsburgh. Going to Pitt, that's a loss. loss. Okay, all right, week nine we're got home against the Chiefs. Uh, that's a win. I'll give you that. Uh, week eleven, <laughs> week eleven home against the Falcons. Ooh, that's definitely a loss. All loss. right, Falcons are loaded. So now we finally have a bye week after the eleventh week. That's a win. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it is a win for them probably at this point. Week twelve, we're going to the Bengals. Win. I think they're gonna win. Yes. I just said they're gonna win. They're, right. they're gonna finish they're, above the Cincinnati Bengals in that yeah, division. Bengals okay. are gonna. That's suck. my bold prediction. All right, week thirteen, we're going to the Texans. Nope, they're gonna lose that one. Uh, win. Then we've got the Carolina Panthers coming in. Loss. On December 4th, uh, I'm mean, sorry, December 9th. In Cleveland? Carolina going to Cleveland. Cold as fuck. Yeah. Uh, back to back days? No, no, these are the weeks. Oh, okay. They got Carolina. I think their sixth win would be the Carolina or the Bengals. So. No, they, they, they beat the Bengals. They lose to Carolina. We'll see. So we're going. Uh, then we've got uh, at Denver. Boy, I, at Denver. That's a, at Denver. That's a loss. So, and then you've got home against the Bengals, and if we're winning in Cincinnati, we should be able to beat that team at home. Yep. And then at Baltimore. So it's six and oh, ten. I was saying, are you so. from Ohio or something? No, I am not. Oh, I thought you no, he's, 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 he's well, talking uh, about in the scenario in we're the talking scenario, about. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. So yeah, I'm pre- I'm predicting the Cleveland that Cleveland will have at least six wins. So you came. So y'all so talking about six, six and, and ten, 11, and I, I still six and ten. I still go by even if you're saying six and ten. I don't really agree with you, but I always have the caveat of if we're starting a rookie quarterback, which likely they will. That's also good for an additional two losses. Well, that's so, why I said the over under was me, six. <laughs> I I said Cleveland will win five games. Uh huh. If I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. Which I am drunk, Tim, so I very well could be mistaken. <laughs> There's a good possibility of that happening. Well, since I'm so not high on the Bengals, let's talk about the Bengals for a second. They've still got uh, Joe Mixon. Hold on a second. Do they need a lawyer present? They might. <laughs> yeah, Vontae Perfect and uh, Joe Mixon might need a lawyer present for anything that. That's where all or, the troublemakers go. I know. It's like, oh shit, this guy's an asshole and breaking the law and doing all this stuff. Well, send him to Cincinnati. He, he'll feel right at. Why is that coach still there? 
Are you serious? It's like, hey, you deal with problem children really well and for years. Yeah. Here you go. Here's another one. Well, fuck. All right. <laughs> they still pay me, so go ahead. Seriously, that's the only reason why he's still there. They, is for, they keep on giving him money. They've paid for mediocrity, pretty much. <laughs> no, they, we had, they had Carson Palmer. They had some good, they had a couple of good teams. No, they had a, like a few good teams. Well, they, they went, but they they were went ruined to the playoffs by, multiple times that years ago, and by they Carson, kept losing the first game of, of Carson everyone. Because Carson Palmer's yeah. injury problems. But now, they've last two years, they've missed the playoffs. So whereas before they were the team that always made it to the playoffs and would find a way to lose, <laughs> now they're no longer even that team. That tells me that they're now going backwards. They haven't made hardly they, – they've, they've made hardly any moves – in any of the positions, which means they're only getting older and they're only getting worse. What is this, the white flag scenario? So so to me, that's why I, I try to make a bold prediction like at least Cleveland is moving forward. At least Cleveland's trying to which make some pathetic. moves. Cincinnati doesn't look like they're doing jack squat. <laughs> I, they're, you know, so you're either growing or dying, and I just see them dying right now. They they open they they have three out of four road games to start the season, and I just feel like Bengals are really just going to suck it. Okay, so there are two really good hot points, like good things to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. Yeah. Number one, obviously, their cheerleaders are pretty smoking hot. Number two, <laughs> and that's a good point. I'll have to look them up. But number two. Their colors are their color scheme is fantastic. You like the Bengals uh, color scheme? Oh, black that black and dark orange. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Boomer Esiason, all that kind of old school shit. Yeah, yeah but, you kind of ho hum about the the Bengals, even though with all their you know uh, all the, the the prison people. It's not prison people. It's just all the guy the characters that are you know. Yeah. Uh, there we'll, should we'll call be, them characters. There should be like some some Nazi like old school like propaganda posters made about the Cincinnati Bengals. It's so bad over there. They're they may be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Wow, you think Nazi propaganda will help? That's that was just something I was throwing out. Sorry, there. I <laughs> I thought that might be a good meme. Like throw out some Cincinnati like propaganda World War Two memes out there. You know, it yeah. might catch some people's eye. Well, that moves us on to the Baltimore Ravens. Who, Wait a minute. Uh, oh, oh, oh what'd you have? What'd you have? Well, I thought no, I'm sorry. I thought you were moving to another division. No, no, no we're no, staying same, same division. division. Okay. We're moving on. We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, the really the most significant thing in the offseason was their draft. They picked up Lamar Jackson from Louisville. Hell yeah. And so there's some discussion upon are they going to keep Joe Flacco as the number one guy? Does Lamar Jackson eventually become the number one guy? And how is that going to work? This is a team, in a way, they're similar to the Bengals as far as they haven't really made a lot of moves, so they're only just getting older. So you kind of question whether they're getting better or not. They're, they're kind of at that mid-level where they've either made the playoffs or just barely missed it, that 8-8 eight and eight range. 
They still got Suggs, right? They've got Suggs. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got your guys, Eric Weddle. You've got uh, at safety. I mean, you got all these guys that have been around for a while. Well, you also have the problem with the Ravens is you have a mediocre quarterback and they're paying him like one of the top tier quarterbacks in the league. He got, I, he I got thought the, that they paid him way too much. So fast, as soon as they won that Super Bowl, they gave him like that's a what max it was. contract. Right. Well, that's what it, it was. It, it they won the Super Bowl and he got paid for it. You basically. have got to earn your shit before you get your money. Well, it, uh, I mean, I'll... Okay, this sucks. I'm going to argue the other side of that, except for the fact that I do believe he's overpaid. He, In a way, he did earn it, because in, the, in those playoffs, there was plays that he made that helped him not only get to the Super Bowl, yes, sir. but that also helped them win the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. I'm going to yes. have to disagree with you here. Okay, we have... Let's look at last year, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Should they have been in the NFC Championship game? Yes. They were good enough. They were good enough, but let's – I mean, the last play of that ball game. We're talking about the, the miracle in the, Minneapolis. The miracle in Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. The Saints were the, – the, the Saints probably they, should they, have gone on into that game. Right. Okay. Let's go back to the year, was it 2012, where the uh, uh, Ravens won the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay. And the blackout in let's, New Orleans. Well, no, 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 no. Well, forgetting that, let's go back to uh, the uh, – game prior to the AFC Championship, I believe they were playing in Denver, and you very nearly had the same play. You had Flacco in the backfield about to get sacked and heaves a throw down the sideline, miracle catch, and two defenders screw up and they go on to win that ball game. That is basically the only reason they were in the Super Bowl was because of the same miracle catch. Flacco has been barely you're saying he's like one of the luckiest quarterbacks he, he ever. He is very fortunate. Uh, I would bet for his career he's barely, what, probably 57 to 60% completion percentage. Yeah, yeah he's nobody, 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 uh, ta- like just from a, from a fantasy perspective, nobody takes Flacco right. in a fantasy quarterback draft. Right. Nobody takes but Flacco. But he, he's paid like one of the top quarterbacks of the league in and, that contract because I, I believe he even signed an extension. And you only take him on the waiver contract. wire if you're desperate. Like if you know right. you're playing against one of the worst defenses in the league or something. Like, you know, I mean, he he's, he's not great. And I know he had the miracle moment himself, but he also did make some big throws in those playoffs. It, it was just a timing thing. It's what, it was a timing that thing. Was, but that was the best he ever played, and then the timing just worked out it, it where worked it was time to well negotiate a contract, and he got the contract. Yeah. But, but like I said, smart, I do believe he's overpaid. Yeah, we, <laughs> I think we it's pretty obvious. By, smart by franchises, far. And, you know, and, again, this goes back to where we were talking earlier in the podcast, where you have those very intelligent – Executives who know how to run the front office and run the team mm-hmm. that don't make these, you know, shoot from the hip decisions of I have to sign this guy to a long term contract. Look at what Minnesota Vikings did. Yeah. Do they still, I mean, they cleaned house and all three quarterbacks are gone. Yeah. You know, again, they realized that they had an excellent team, but their quarterback was not what was going to get them to the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Let's clean house. Yeah. Where the Ravens said, you know, we won this, we, we won the whole damn thing. And it's all of our quarterback's fault we, that we did it. Well, no, that wasn't the case. Yeah. You had an excellent team, well, and you sacrificed, all three of us you sacrificed the team that for that quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we can all totally agree that it was uh, way too soon, way too premature. There's no way in hell. I don't even know if he's worth half of the money that he got paid no. after that Super Bowl win. Yeah, but, you know, kudos to him. He got it, you know. The good news He's is the Browns are in their division. Yeah, exactly. 
He's, you know. he's laughing his way to the bank. So back to the point in case is how in the hell is he going to keep his job now that this young upstart Heisman hopeful is biting his ankles? Well, well per- personally, I don't feel like the Ravens are going to do that great. I think it'll be another season where it's kind of a little bit of back and forth. You're going to be about even par as far as wins, losses. And at some point, the fans are going to – I think the fans are going to kind of dictate. I think they're going to come out and be like, we want to see Lamar Jackson because we because they want to see their team do better than this. They, they have a big rivalry against the Steelers. I think the Steelers would be the obvious favorite in the division oh, and in the AFC. The Steelers, yeah, the Steelers are going to smash it. And so I think the Ravens, the fans would want to see, well, let's see if Lamar Jackson's the difference maker. Let's see if he's the guy that can – at least get us closer and maybe even uh, sneak a win against Pittsburgh because they the two of the they hate each other and they you know, I mean they love nothing more than to it's probably get one that of Flacco the, guy out of the way you know probably one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL right now yeah I love I love the Steelers Ravens I mean you it's you entertaining hit, to watch. you see some real hitting in that game it's right awesome. that's exactly what it is those yep. defensive hits it it's, reminds us of old school football yes it does and so that does that moves us on to the pittsburgh steelers who uh are not perfect in any way i mean the pittsburgh steelers have really got really their own issues uh to deal with i mean the Le'Veon bell there's the there's the contract issues that are going on right now. Le'Veon Bell's trying to get paid the maximum that he can get paid when Pittsburgh's kind of going, ah, that's a lot for a running back. You know, uh, you mean you, you mean the number one running back in the world I right know, now? I know, I and, know. And so you have a little bit of back and forth going on between these two, and so there's some tension Idiots. there. You've if got the Steelers uh, do not give him what he wants, they are fucking stupid. Well, they did lose Todd Haley as their offensive coordinator, so you also wonder how <laughs> offensively they're going to mesh. What are their plays going to be? Um, how did Roethlisberger they lose isn't getting any younger. How did they lose Haley? Uh, they fired him. Yeah. They fired him? Yeah. Yes. Roethlisberger and Haley did not get along with each other. Yeah. So There we go back to that coach versus quarterback thing. Quarterback one. Yeah. The quarterback one, but the problem is, is their offense was not the problem in, the, in Pittsburgh. No, their they defense. Were, they were scoring points. They were scoring plenty of points. So, you know. It was their defense, which they, they, they honestly, they haven't worked on a whole lot. No, they have they're, not. They're supposed to be a little bit improved, but they're, they're not going to be great. No. Not like the Steelers' defenses that we've known in the past. The Steel you know, Curtain. Yeah, great at linebacker, great in the secondary. And those fans are just foaming at the mouth. They Like all the defenses they've seen that are just nasty and dirty and – Grinding and all that stuff, you yeah. know those fans are just so pissed. I think I think this is another situation uh, where you've got a team that's kind of uh, that they're going to be basically benefiting from a division that's not so competitive this year, kind of like the Patriots, like we were talking about. I mean, you, feel free to go on a limb, um, the- but I, I I've got to pick Pittsburgh to win this division. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. No, I can't see how the Ravens, unless like Lamar Jackson gets out there and Dude, just I, lights it up. I'm uh, not even picking the Ravens to make the playoffs. Yeah. So you get. So so far, right now, in my opinion, we've just like half of the AFC. We just talked about two playoff teams. Yeah. The other people, 
the other teams, they'll just kind of annoy the shit out of them. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel like the Buffalo Bills are going to annoy the shit out of the Pats, as usual. And, and um, the, the Ravens might win one out of the two games. And I hate to hash on this again. Um, Steelers gets the same problem that the Patriots did with the NFL scheduling committee. They get their home games against the Patriots, Chiefs, Falcons, and Panthers. Wow. Damn. Those are still tough games, but you at know, least they're, they're at they're, home. They're in Pittsburgh. They'll beat the Chiefs because, as Chance has told me before, the Chiefs have a terrible record versus the Steelers. Yeah, they can't seem to figure it out they against cannot. them. They uh, cannot. Just will like say the this. Steelers can't seem to figure it out against the Patriots. Right. But we like can beat the Landry Colts Jones. finally did. <laughs> right. So the Chiefs can beat Landry Jones. So if uh, Roethlisberger goes down in week one, then the Chiefs have a chance in week two. Yeah, Otherwise, of course this is all assuming everybody's <laughs> healthy. You know, that's right. where some of the things can get a little interesting. But we can, Yeah, we can make predictions all day long. But so I, like I, if officially, some, I, I officially have the Steelers win in the north. Of Drunk course, Tim. for sure, yeah, Steelers. I have easy. the Steelers. The only difference is I think between you all, I have the Browns coming in second in that division. I have Steelers, Browns, Ravens. You have the Browns coming in second? I'm sorry, Browns, Bengals. Oh! <laughs> Bengals, Bengals, no, God. I'm like, wait a minute, you God, just no. argued wow. with me no, no, about, no, no. oh, the I Browns have, second, that, man, have, you have, went bolder than I did. <laughs> wow. Steelers, no. Bengals, Ravens, Browns. Nope, Steelers, like, Ravens, Browns, my Bengals. My God, if the Browns got second in that division, <laughs> I mean, do a parade or, you know, right now. I mean. We will stop doing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that would be amazing. So yeah, that would be the ghost of Derek Anderson coming back. <laughs> By the way, Derek Anderson's still alive. Um, just nobody knows it. Like who's that? Just man? nobody knows it. Oh my goodness! All right, so everybody. I, I see the Steelers probably winning at least ten, probably eleven though. All right, so these next two divisions, I think this is where it gets interesting. That's what I was worried about, and that was really one of the reasons why. I did the first two divisions first. I this feel, one's I felt scary. Like, I feel like the the first two divisions were just like cakewalks. You know, here, here's a, hey, hey five year old, who's gonna win this division? Uh, or you know, like Jimmy Fallon does, where he has the puppies go after the food bowls with the different team colors on them. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> like I just felt put, like it was really easy. Like, uh, yeah, I think we're picking them. Jimmy Fallon put like the steak in the Pats and Steelers bowl, and like you know, like vegetables in the other teams' bowls. Right there, you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a little loaded. So next up, we've got the AFC South, and the South. The South, I feel like, overall, is just grab a couple of dice, roll them, let's see what happens, and that's the AFC South because you've got, you've got the Houston Texans who you're getting J, you're getting a J.J. Watt back. Deshaun Watson. you got Deshaun Watson coming back, both from injury, by the way. They were both injured. They went 4-12 and 12 last year, which is pretty awful. And uh, – You've got some real weapons on offense for the uh, for the Texans, and then you've got Indianapolis that's got Andrew Luck coming back and fully considered fully healthy now. You've got Tennessee, the Titans, who did make it to the playoffs, but then got stomped uh, while while they were in the playoffs. But they've got a healthy Mariota. They've got all these things going on, and you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars who really turned it around. They went from seven and nine. To thirteen and three, one of the greatest turnarounds of all time, and had uh, one of the best defenses in the league. Blake Bortles, 
wasn't great, but he wasn't uh, so turnover prone. He he actually was more of a game manager, I guess, than he has been in the past. But uh, you know, so I feel this like this is this is a division that's wide open, and uh, it's intriguing. I'll, I'll open the floor. Whatever team you want to start with out of the out of that group. I am flip-flopping this division. I am actually, again, bold prediction here, I am saying the Texans are going to win. I think with a healthy Deshaun Watson, they showed some early flashes with him. Now, obviously, J.J. Watt, we know what we get. Deshaun Mm -hmm. Watson, we only saw just a couple of games before the injury, but we were seeing some pretty impressive things out of him. Uh, I'm picking them to win the division. Here's where it gets tricky. I, I think... If we have a true-to-form, pre-injury, healthy Andrew Luck, I think the Colts are coming in second, and that puts the Jags and Titans down at the bottom of the division. Wow. So you're kind of down on the Jaguars. You think they're gonna? there's going to be a drop-off? I, he's I, saying that the Jags were a fluke is what he's saying. I, again, it all comes down to quarterback play in the NFL. You can have everything, but if you do not have consistently good quarterback play, year to year you don't see teams repeat without good quarterback play you see flash in the pan teams that will win with defense one year over another but they never do it consistently without good quarterback play which kind of sucks because it's kind of taken away from the old adage that defense wins championships you know like my my favorite tampa bay bucks with the three defensive players winning super bowl mvp i mean what what does this game come to? It kind of makes me sad. Like, my heart cries a lot for the offen- defense. It's an offensive game. It is. But it is. defense still has a very significant role. That's why I love J.J. Watt. He's the man. He's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. And he's just a good, solid dude. And oh, he's absolutely. Just a, yeah. yeah, yeah. No like, doubt about that. As, are you talking about as a person? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As yeah. a person, as a human being, he was raised right. He just a good person. He's doing all the right it's things. It's so hard to not. It, if somebody were to root against JJ Watt, I'd probably slap him in the mouth. <laughs> because like I've seen all the interviews, his family, his brothers, just a great old-fashioned like Wisconsin freaking you know cheese-loving bunch of people. <laughs> yep. So uh, so the Colts with luck. You know, luck was luck was, when luck was good. He was real good. I mean, that guy was the highest touted prospect since John Elway coming out during the draft. I mean, that's how both high, of them from Stanford. Yeah, that's how high they rated this guy, and he's shown that he's a difference maker. They're with him. They're they're competitive, possibly playoff bound, um, and then with uh, without him. They're a crappy team. I mean, they're like another four and twelve type of team. Uh, so you, you got to wonder what that's going to look like. Is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to have the weapons? Are they going to be able to block for him? Which has been the problem the whole time. They've never surrounded Andrew. I feel like that's been one of the just. It's just awful, absolutely awful that they got rid of Peyton Manning the way they did. But it was in order to get this Andrew Luck guy. And then they never bothered to really surround him with people that protect him, which shows a little bit of the lack of the organization's, I, I don't know, like they're, they're dumb their or whatever. But, like, 
it's like here you are, you've got this guy who could be potentially this crazy awesome weapon for you hall of famer and you don't really do anything for the guy you don't really get him any weapons to throw to you don't really give him a line to block for him and of course he's I getting obliterated that's the, one, that's the number one thing you put you put the best offensive line if i if i'm a front office person get the number one quarterback in college and possibly future hall of famer you better put like a Dallas Cowboys offensive line around that sucker. I don't care who he has to throw to. You protect him with that front five. Oh, absolutely. No question. Right. Well, it all boils down to uh, what they do protecting protecting him, right? You know, just like you guys said. I mean, it, right now the problem is with him is they're turning him into De- uh, not Derek Carr, David Carr. Yeah. The older brother. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You with the Texans. Ev- yeah. yeah. And he had every. I mean, the same intangible quality that Andrew Luck has, but they refuse to protect him. Mm-hmm. You can't be doing and timing routes all the time where just quick slants only because obviously you know, it's the NFL. The defense right. is going to figure it out. I mean, they, uh, you know, Carr didn't – he what, he lasted three years in the NFL behind that offensive line in Houston? Yeah, he. You know? I think he had broken the record for the most sacks, right. most interceptions. Most and that, hits. And that's the thing that people say about Andrew Luck is, well, he, he does throw a lot of touchdowns, but he also throws picks. But a lot of times in those kinds of situations, when you, you sometimes you feel like you have to force plays, especially if you're not getting the right blocking. You feel like you have to force it. And if you force it, a lot of times that is going to leave the opportunity available for turnovers. I mean, the, the greatest way to – get turnovers is to put pressure on the quarterback. Look at what the New York Giants did to the Patriots. Yeah, it's not to have the greatest cover people in the world per se. It's to get the quarter get to the quarterback and make him uncomfortable. And that's just I feel like that's all that's been going on for Andrew Luck. I feel like if he did have the right protection, those interception numbers would go down. I think he's smart enough. You know, the guy came from Stanford for crying out loud. I think he's smart enough he would be able to figure it out. If he had the time, I feel like he would be able to light up some defenses. Well, and then of course, I just don't know that he's going to have that this year. <laughs> so I can't pick the Colts to do anything significant. So the only thing you can do with that scenario is you build up a running game so that way it makes the defense change their ways, but it all stems on the offensive line. If I'm building a team from scratch – and I've got the first pick. You know, everyone's going to be picking the quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to pick the offensive line first. I'm gonna ha- I would rather have the five best offensive line in the entire league than the best quarterback in the league. Then moving, uh, moving on, I feel like with the Tennessee Titans, uh, Tennessee Titans, you get Mariota coming back. They've still got a run game with Henry uh, out of Alabama. You've got you've got some receiver play. You've got some defensive play. They're going to be okay. Like I get the feeling like the Titans are going to be an okay team, um, and that's all they're going to be. Unfortunately, I'd like to see them get better, but they, it didn't seem like they really made a lot of improvements in the off season. So if I had to make a pick for this division, I would pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just to go away from the Houston. There was part of me that really thinking about Houston, but I want to be a little bit different. I feel like the defense the Jaguars has will separate them. Plus, they have the run game of Leonard Fournette, uh, which is really, really solid as long as he stays healthy. Now, they did lose a couple of their receivers, so 
who Bortles is going to throw to? I don't know. Maybe they'll play it safe and they just run the ball a lot and say, Bortles, Bortles just don't throw the ball, man. Don't hey, throw I, the ball. We'll win. I don't mind a smash mouth team. Like, I love it. Play smash mouth offense and play good defense. Let's bring, you know, like, bring it. Come on. We'll tell you what our next play is and see if you can stop it. So, Drunk Tim, who you got? Who you got in this division? You're not going to like this. I don't think either one of you are going to like this. I got a Tennessee win in this division. Ooh. This is the division that separates us. This is. And then I've got Jacksonville. Like, Tennessee and Jacksonville are just going to beat the shit out of each other. And I think that the Colts are a fucking fluke, and I'm tired of hearing about them. I, they're they're going to be dead last. This, what will be sad is if if that's the team that ends up winning the division and we all three end up wrong. <laughs> yes, of course. But I, mean, I I will say I will be the, I will be the least wrong because I picked them second in the division. There you go. <laughs> you said Colts number two. If yes. the Colts win the division, that would speak only to the greatness of Andrew Luck. I think at that yes. point. Yes. MVP. No, MVP. Yeah, because there's no way. There's no way they should win that division. All right, so let's move on. This is, I feel like this was the uh, most anticipated division. Uh, seeing as how we have a couple of uh, Chiefs fans in the room, we're going to go on to the AFC West, which will also be, I feel like, highly competitive. Uh, I don't feel like there's a, I don't feel like there's a clear cut winner in the division. And there's been so many seasons where this is the number one division in the entire league. I don't know that that will be the case this year, it's but it'll still to. be it'll still be pretty competitive, though. I already know what the best division in the league is this year, <laughs> same I, as it was last year. I am gonna say the AFC West will be the most competitive division in the NFL this year. Oh, but okay. I am only saying competitive with each other. I'm going to use the term competitive mediocrity. Competitive mediocrity. Oh man, what is this? The Pac-12. Well, let's uh, let's 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 cover it. Like uh, we've got the Denver Broncos. They've added uh, Case Keenum at quarterback. Good pickup. So whatever you think, as far as with Case Keenum, you you know what you're getting. Uh, You still got that defense, but they did lose uh, uh, Talib, who went to the. We're, uh, I mentioned the earlier, the Rams, the rich keep getting richer. Uh, that'll be next week we talk about the Rams oh, and all my. their dang pickups, man, I'm, this team. but The AMC is going to be interesting. But Denver Denver loses Tlaib on defense. They've got – they pick up Case Keenum. Uh, they still have Trevor Simeon and – you know, or Trevor Seaman. I'm just Seaman. kidding. He's not Seaman. Uh, Simeon. Simeon, who's done good at times and sucked at times. And Paxton Lynch, who has not developed at all at quarterback, that was their draft pick. Um, so you, you you got a defense that's still I don't think they're as, as elite as they were. They still have Von Miller, but they're the still greatest good. Defender, well, him or JJ Watt, best defender. Yeah, in the they're they're league. still really good on defense, and then offensively, what you know, what are you going to get with them? Right, uh, you get a. Running back by committee, you've got Case Keenum, who doesn't have a big arm, so there's not going to be a lot of deep throws. No, it's going to be a lot of play action, as it should be if I'm their head coach. Yeah, a lot of short routes, things like that. Uh, you've got Then we've got the, the your Kansas City Chiefs. They've gotten rid of Alex Smith, uh, who's Ooh. gone on to go to the Redskins. <clears throat> They're now going to 
go ahead and put, uh, they've really just kind of put all their cards on uh, Mahomes uh, out of Texas Tech, uh, who they drafted last year, that he's going to be the quarterback. You've got, I mean, you've got some intrigue running the football. You've got uh, Tyreek Hill, who's always explosive. The most exciting player in the NFL I mean, to watch. amazing, amazing football player to watch. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of Devin Hester with his skill set. And then Maybe you, even better, though. you got to wonder, defensively, too, they, they're now without Marcus Peters and Derek Johnson. That's yeah. a big blow to a That's really good huge. defense in Kansas City. Up, we did pick up Fuller yep. on the Washington Redskins in the Smith trade. That's right. So so you, you have to I, wonder I defensively kind of where the Chiefs there. will be. Yeah. I mean, that's two really hardcore players, one a really young player, and one that's probably on his way out. And then you've got the L.A. Chargers, the bastard child of Los Angeles. Uh, they've, they've got a returning veteran quarterback, of course, in Phillip Rivers. Uh, He's still got at least a few more good years left in him. They've got great pass rush threats. You know, they've got Joey Bosa, who's only looked fantastic. Uh, you know, they drafted him couple of years ago and he's been great so they've got a great pass rush decent run game with Melvin Ingram uh, so they're good on defense pretty good on offense you've got the uh, veteran at quarterback going for him and then of course the Raiders you got John Gruden as the new head coach with Derek Carr as the quarterback you've got he's got good receivers to throw to they still got Marshawn, Skittles, Lynch to uh, hand the ball off to. Their defense has got a couple of stars on it, but they seem to have some gaping holes uh, defensively last year. I don't know that those have actually even been filled. And so you kind of wonder what the Raiders are going to look like. Um, so take it away. What do, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about these teams? Take it down, sir. Well, um, I've got... Unfortunately, the first team I really started hating in my entire life in the history of my knowing of sports, I've got the Oakland Raiders winning this division. Really? I'm under the amazing genius level offensive mind of the great John Gruden. Wow. I am so happy to see this man come back to coaching. You're picking the Raiders to win the division. I am picking the Raiders to win this division. I think that the the mentality that this man has, he can go into a place and turn it around like a Parcells type of way. And we I mean we've already witnessed what he can do with somebody else's team. He took a defensive team and won a Super Bowl with it that had been teetering on the brink of greatness for at least a handful of years before he got there. And, you know, it took Tony Dungy quite a while for him to get, you know, Tony Dungy, the defensive-minded person going to the offensive team, and then John Gruden, the, the offensive person going to the defensive team. But... Um, I, I'm really worried that I'm wrong about this, but uh, for one thing, I'm a big fan of the fact that Kansas City and Oakland now are, like, it's interesting and fun to actually watch them play again without, yeah, Kansas City's just going to go beat the shit out of them again. So um, I, I think that Oakland's going to win. 
and Kansas City is going to give them some fits and win second place. Okay. San Diego, and then Denver is going to be last. Denver will be last. Blair? I, I find it interesting that you are so high on John Gruden on the transition from Oakland to Tampa Bay when he won, num- number one, he won a Super Bowl with another coach's players and scheme. Yes. And he beat his own team in doing so, who had, let's face it, a really crappy head coach in Bill Callahan to yes. take over for him. So, well, he's a good coach, just not a good head coach. He's not a good head coach. He's no. a right. fantastic but, you know, he college had, coach. And I mean, all the cards were laid out for John Gruden when he went to Tampa Bay. I mean, he was just dealt a royal flush when he was, you know, when he got the Raiders in the Super Bowl. And it's yeah, not like just, he didn't deserve it though, or earn it. Right, but again, with all of that, you know, we have the Broncos who have made some pretty impressive off-season, off-season moves, um, especially when you look at the quarterback position. Huge upgrade from what they had, but not only is it a huge upgrade, it is very consistent Keenum's abilities with what Peyton Manning's were in their Super Bowl runs. Peyton Manning was smart. He was great at the intermediate routes. He had a, He's totally calculated. He had a, Yeah, he was calculated and had a noodle arm. And what is Case Keenum? Pretty much calculated with a noodle arm. Yes, Case okay. Keenum is a gem. So as long as you can keep the, you know, similar symptom, symptom system in place that Manning was successful with, and you keep that defense, then you're going on the same track and the proper track that you were in your Super Bowl years. You have the Chargers, who are, if anything, consistent. They haven't been great, but they've they have always, they've been, been consistently they are, middle of the road. They're solid. They're always again just they kind of let everyone else in the division around them beat each other up, and then they just kind of slide into second place they do. year after year. They after year. do. They, like they're the greatest eight and eight team of all time. Right. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs, who again we I'm calling it a transition from Marcus Peters to uh, Butler as far as at the cornerback position. I mean, I like Butler, but Peters, I really liked Peters. Everybody liked Peters. Don't get me wrong. Peters was fantastic. And he's I, still young he's and, still young, and up but and coming. He was a, you know, they say he was a locker room cancer, and he was an on-the-field cancer. I mean, how many times did we see him get stupid penalties, kicking a flag up into the yeah, stands or kicking a football into the stands? I know. You know, now with Kansas City, you're also transitioning in the quarterback position where we've, gone from a field general, just an absolute calculated One general. One of the greatest non-turnovering quarterback of all time. To, you know. A kid. Again, what we say is this, you know, kid gunslinger mentality. You know, and everybody wants to, you know, anytime you've got these new young gunslingers, everybody wants to compare them to what Brett Favre is. You know, he's going to stand back and just sling the ball all around the field. Well, and keep in mind, this so, kid's coming from Texas Tech, right? Who, oh, yeah. is, who is known for the West Coast offense? Like, can you throw a long ball? Like, right. let's see let's see you and Jason White see how far you can throw the ball. Exactly. So you're, you're changing mentalities on offense where you're going from, again, that calculated field general to this gunslinger, and you've got every tool around him that you want to succeed offensively. So it's going to be a very interesting division. That being said, he's still a sophomore quarterback. 
i.e. rookie. He's got one start under his belt, and that was at Denver the last game of the season. Let's just say that's a yes, watch. It doesn't even count. Yeah. So. But it's still real play time. It's still it is. like real game time. But all that being said, well, well, before, like if you if you're about to say your predictions, I'm just gonna say for the record, I was kind of like I, I wanted to, I wanted to at least have one pick this week that was kind of out there out there. Like I didn't want to just make I didn't want to. Because I'm a Kansas City fan, so I didn't want to just be like, yeah, Kansas City's going to win it all. Like, I didn't want well, to be the hopeless Kansas City Chiefs well, fan. Well, I, I, I kind of gave that acted shock, like, oh, you pick Oakland? Whoa! Like, a lot of people are, are not picking Oakland. But, at the same time, what do we always say? Quarterbacks win, right? Derek Carr is not a crappy quarterback. And so... He's got the best head coach. Fact, not last year, but the year before, if I recall, a lot of people were really in love with the Raiders and Derek Carr, and that uh, offense. they were about to go really far in the playoffs until he got hurt right, right. at the last minute. So I feel like a it's the same Derek quarterback. Carr. I feel like you've got good weapons. Defensively, they could be better. I mean, you got they 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 do still have holes, but. I don't. I don't feel like it's too big of a. I mean, I feel like it's it's a reach, but I I don't think it's that huge of a reach. I mean, Gruden well, is a see, good coach, and people forget that the but Raiders. It's been a long time since he's coached. The Raiders <laughs> tied. The Raiders tied the Chiefs that year, but there were the tiebreaker let the Chiefs win and go and have that buy round. This is a good Raiders. This is if anything, it's a decent. In between decent and good Raiders team, that this veteran head coach is coming in, and just because he hasn't coached in a while, that doesn't mean he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He he does the 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 Gruden quarterback corner. He does all that stuff. He's still been he's been coaching even though he hadn't been paid to be coaching this entire time. Yeah. So you're officially picking Oakland. Oakland for the, unfortunately. Blair? Well, as I said, after I made all of my good, solid arguments as to why this division is going to just beat the crap out of each other, <laughs> yeah, it still comes down to, as much as I hate to say it, I believe you are right. Gruden is going to make all the difference in the world in this division. Um, and a healthy car is going to as well. Plus they're playing in, I believe, a... Did they come in third or fourth place in the division last year? So either way, they're they're playing. The schedule dynamics is going to fall in their favor as yes. far as this season. Um, so I do pick the Raiders to win this division handily. You pick the Raiders as well. I do to think, win the AFC West. I think they're going to win it by at least three games. Wow. I do think the Chargers are going to slide. What about say that one more time? I think the Raiders are going to win this division by at least three games. Wow. Holy I, shit! Now he was way more bold than I am. I am shocked. I think they might win by a tiebreaker or maybe one game. I I am shocked. I think the Chargers are going to come in second, just like they always do. Again, that they are just if. Anything they're consistent. They're they annoying. They let the other teams in their division beat each other up. They're really they annoying. They start out the year poorly, and then they just slide right in there and always end up second. They're division. a dark horse. They there. are. And then I think the Chiefs and the Broncos are going to battle it out for the last in the division. I'm putting the Chiefs ahead of the Broncos, but not by much. It may come down How to – How many games are the Chiefs going to win this year? I, again, I, I think they're probably a solid 8-8 eight and eight team. 
but with a rookie quarterback, I'm going to give them an additional two losses, so I'm thinking six and ten. I'm not high on the Chiefs this year. Wow. This is absolutely amazing. Going into this, I figured Chiefs fans, somebody's choosing the Chiefs to win this division because I feel like it's up for grabs. Uh, so this is kind of odd that it could be, but the Chiefs you guys start are going out, for the hated rival, the the, the Raiders. Goes, right? Chiefs start out at San, not San Diego. Jesus, uh, they start out against the Chargers in LA. I'm going to call that a loss. That's game one. I'm going to say 0 and one. Then we go to Pittsburgh. I'm going to have to say 0 and two. That's tough. Then we come home for our home opener against San Francisco. Win. Oh, I don't know about that. San Francisco coming off a five-game win streak last year with Garoppolo. I would still pick the Chiefs to win that game. There's no guarantees on the 49ers right now. Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums in the league. Here's my problem with that is, again, we have a rookie quarterback who is coming off of an 0-2 start. He is going to – this is his time to shine in front of his home fans. Or screw up. The pressure is going to be on him like he has never felt in his life. That is a perfect storm for screw up. But it's also the perfect storm for he does extremely well and he it, gets it, his groove to the moment, truly, yeah. 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 Now, and then from that point on, again, like we're that, carrying that it over to the, the next That could be the difference in their season. That could be they could go from a ten and six season to a six and ten season right there. I agree. Yeah. If they start That's out, if they start pinnacle. out zero and three, I believe the best they're going to do is six and ten. Well, if they if they win that game and he has a good showing, possibly you know eight and eight. I just don't. I see can understand I, like you six and ten and ten and six. That's a big margin. Right. right. I would I mean, go. Well, let's say at least nine and seven, seven and nine, maybe. So, I just I I don't see it out of my Chiefs this year. I wish I could, but from a realistic standpoint, they're playing a first place schedule. Remember, their first place schedule they got screwed. They have to go to New England and to Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. So, all right, so here, along with all of the other teams, here's what I think. And this is this is tough because everything within my being coming into today wants to pick the Chiefs to win the division because defensively, I feel like they're right there. Uh, they're a lot of times people forget about their defense. It's always underrated. Even in fantasy, you it's can always Poe, right? you can always pick up their defense in fantasy and do some damage. And people, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Chiefs, dang it, their defense, they're they're so good. But they did lose two significant guys on defense. They picked up the one, but you wonder how that's going to gel. I, I think it gels better. And they lost, would, no, they lost their leader on defense by losing uh, Johnson. Yeah. Well, no, your, your leader on defense is uh, uh, Eric Berry. Yeah, Eric Berry is well, the, the now, leader. True. Yeah. yeah. You so lose him leader, and – And he was you – know, But him and him. Johnson – Did we lose him week one of the season uh, last year? Two or three. I don't remember when. We I don't lost think, it wasn't the first. It wasn't the first week. They still played good was, defense even without yeah. him. So yeah, they and they did. But getting him back is, I think, is more important. They're than, they're really good defensively. Andy Reid is going to play. I feel like I don't feel like they're going to fully open up the playbook with Mahomes. I feel like they're still going to run a lot of dosage of Kareem Hunt, uh, which is going to keep them in games, which will I think get. Hunt a lot of yards, and plus he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, the only problem is I, I think they still lack weapons. That I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, but the entire league knows that they have Tyreek Hill. Like, 
Yeah, Essentially, they defend Tyreek Hill and say beat us with someone else. You've got Travis Kelsey, right, who's a playmaker is, at tight end, but otherwise... Probably, I mean, I'm sorry, he's probably the most consistent playmaker at tight end in the NFL. Oh, Kelsey? You have Gronk, who, Kelsey is, who is, great, is better, but he's but, falling off But lately. Gronk is injury prone. So I, I would take... Who's the Lenny Walker? I would take Kelsey over Gronk. <laughs> no love for Delaney Walker. <laughs> but Travis Kelsey's a beast. I think the Chiefs will still be kind of ho-hum on offense, and there's just nothing. Man, the Mahomes thing, man, that could be that could be like the greatest thing to happen in Kansas City ever or who knows. I mean, because we just haven't seen any Texas Tech quarterbacks come in and I don't, I don't want do anything great in the league. I don't want him to be the greatest thing ever. I don't want it at all. But they need I it want, to. They, their offense is stagnant. I mean, don't, isn't that true. why? I mean, otherwise, why did you get rid of Alex Smith? If you if you wanted to play your ho hum, let's run the ball and dink and dunk thing, play action. All you would have just kept Alex Smith. You know he's not going to turn yeah. the ball over, and that's all he's going to do. It it, it it seems Baker like Mayfield. It seems like you're moving to Mahomes so that you can at least open up your offense at least a little bit to do some things differently and be more explosive. You know how you crazy just have to wonder the Chiefs if he's the guy. would be if they had Baker Mayfield on like at the helm. Like you've got Baker Mayfield speed and unpredictability and Tyreek Hill and the running game. Oh my god, it would be scary to have a Kansas City Chiefs offense run by Baker Mayfield. That's an OU fan there. That's right. It looked just like Tennessee's offense. <laughs> that's what it would look like. As much as I like no, the no, Chiefs, no. the Titans don't have uh, Tyreek Hill. As much as I like the Chiefs, I have to choose them in second place of this division. And they are going to be second place to the L.A. Chargers. I'm picking the L.A. Chargers. Look, I even wrote down San Diego because, like, I, I'm like, it's going to take me a while to. I think you've got the vet, you've got the veteran at quarterback. Now I feel like this is going to bite me in the ass because people pick the Chargers all the time and they always under they like underwhelm you. But I can't see a, I can't see any of these teams really <laughs> like being special this year. But I, I feel like you've got Phillip Rivers, you've got the pass rush on defense, you you do have some weapons there in L.A. So I feel like they can do they could do some good things on both sides of the ball. I feel like L.A. is the the choice out of this division. I, I don't know that they're up at that level with like the Steelers or Patriots or whatever, but. I feel like they're definitely the team to come out of the West. So that's that's my choice is the L.A. Chargers out of the West. And you guys have got the Raiders. So, um, so we all picked L.A. then. <laughs> we all picked L.A.? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So then we've got playoffs. Let's see. Who do you think? Who do you think the two teams are? Getting to the end to the AFC championship game when it's all said and done. Oh, I haven't even thought about the playoffs yet. I mean, you, you still very nearly have to go with Pittsburgh and New England. Just this is a year, again, they're far and away the two best teams in their divisions. Yeah. So. You're looking at most likely those are your two teams with home field advantage. I understand they had that last year, and somehow Jacksonville snuck in there. Um, and they might say somehow they did it by defense. But I don't see that happening again this year. 
I'm going to say that you're going to see the same two teams in the AFC Championship due to home field advantage. The other teams, uh, the other two leaders across the other two divisions, I just don't see having enough, just enough of anything to compete with those two. Okay, so you're thinking the Patriots and the Steelers in the championship game? I am. Okay. Oh, it, it is difficult because it's it's kind of hard. It, it, it's, it stinks because, those like I said before, those two teams really do benefit from really being in some suck-ass divisions. Right. And so record-wise, they're already going to be ahead of the curve by taking out their own division pretty pretty easily. Those pretty are some handy. wins that they're going to be able to get. Um, so they're going to have at least some home field advantage in there. I just hate to – gosh, it's hard to not go with, with the grain. You know, it's like with Pittsburgh and New England. But at the same time, it's like New England, I don't feel like it's going to be as good this year. I, I, I feel I, like we I are going to see too. I many, feel like we're going to see a drop-off. 11 games. I know. I know. How many years have we said that? 11 games for the Patriots. That they'll win 11? 11 and 5? That sounds about like, not right, like if, what everybody if, would if they predict. Hit, if they only hit 10, then it's a failure for them. I'm just – just to be different, I'm going to – and this really is for the sake of being different. I'm going to pick a uh, Pittsburgh L.A. Chargers AFC championship game. Holy wow. shit, fuck. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna pick. Philip Rivers finally gets to an AFC Championship game. Man, that gives me a lot of hope for my life. I feel like I could become a professional ice dancer now. <laughs> yeah, I totally see it happening. I mean, <laughs> what, is it, what is he saying? Blades of Glory. Uh, if you can dream it, you can do it. Right. I mean. To me, I feel like, for one thing, the West is easily the best and most competitive division in the AFC. So who you got playing in the, the West? Wait, 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 or wait. The, you think uh, the West is the, the best division? Yes. Like, overall, like, there's going to be more competition dirt throughout that division than there is going to be in any other of the uh, – well, the South is pretty hardcore. Okay. Now, now, I say there's more competition. I just don't know if I agree that it's the best division. Um – yeah, I mean, because you have so many dynamics in the West. Uh, the difference of quarterback play. And, of course, you know, there's things that have not been proved, uh, proven that, you know, we will see as the weeks go on. But I think it's just an obvious – to me, it just looks like it's another obvious Pats-Steelers AFC championship game. Pats go to the Super Bowl. I feel like you're riding on my coattails. So – so Blair, you feel like Pat's Pat Steelers? Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, those are the obvious. <laughs> just those I, do those are those do seem to be the obvious. Oh, so so I, you both pick I, Pats and Steelers in the uh, AFC Championship game. Yes. Obvious. In Foxborough. Oh, that's where I disagree with you. I'm, I'm saying you think it's, it's in Pittsburgh. You think I'm it's in Pittsburgh? it's in Pittsburgh? All right, I'll I, take it I, in Foxborough. All right. See, no, I think uh, next week when we talk when we start talking about the NFC, I think that our I bet you our opinions will be a lot different. The NFC is big wide time. open. Yeah. Yes. So uh, 
The AFC so, is kind of boring right now, so <laughs> to be honest, I mean, if we're, come on now, put your cards out there. That's right. So I'll, so both Drunk Tim and Blair have the Pats and Steelers in the AFC Championship game. I've got the Steelers and the L.A. Chargers in the AFC Championship game. I think that would be played in uh, – uh, please, God, let it be in Pittsburgh because, dear God, the Chargers are playing in a damn soccer stadium for crying out loud. <laughs> that would be embarrassing if the AFC Championship game was played on a soccer field well, but hold on a in second. L.A. Hold on a second. Don't soccer fields hold more people? No. The, this, this thing only holds like 30,000 people. Like, soccer fields are known for holding, like, a hundred-something thousand people. In countries where they care. Like, we're, we're, this is L.A., man. Like, they don't care. This is, like, the L.A. Galaxy they field, had, they man. Had, they had David Beckham for a little I bit. I mean, hell, the fact that it holds 30,000 people, you're like, damn, where are they going to get those people from? But, like, I mean, most stadiums are, like, 65, 70,000 for the NFL, you know. Kind of varies, but I think the the Cowboys have the largest stadium. Uh, I think so. I think they hold like ninety something like that it's because like it's so big. Yeah. yeah. So, but but most stadiums are in that sixty-five, seventy thousand range. That's your typical NFL one. Which is crazy because like college stadiums hold more people than professional stadiums. Had oh, well, because of all the money, the the booths. And here's what's sad about my prediction. And this this is uh, weird in and of itself. The charges are notorious for. A lot of times when with their home games, they have a lot of fans that are there that are there in jerseys for the other team. So think about that AFC Championship game. If it was in L.A. on this 30,000-seat soccer field, and then, like, half the stadium is in, like, Pittsburgh black and gold. Black and gold. Like, how embarrassing would that be? As a matter of fact, I'll, hell, I'll say that. That's the AFC Championship game. L.A. Chargers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's in L.A., and half the stadium will be in black and gold, <laughs> rooting for the Steelers. It won't even be a home game. It's going to be like, be a, like a neutral site game, and they'll have to add to the speakers like fans screaming in order to help like get the. <laughs> my God, we've only got thirty thousand people in here. That's yeah. awesome. Holy shit. Well, now, the poor well, Chargers. Shit. I'm going to put it out there right now. And I, I, I didn't even think about this before. I've mentioned this months ago. But we're in Oklahoma City. We've stolen a team before. I'm putting it out there. Dean Spanos, bring your damn team to Oklahoma City. Bring the Chargers to Oklahoma the City. Oklahoma City Chargers. We, we would back this team 100%. L.A. does not want you, if it's not obvious by now. L.A. does not want you. You are the bastard stepchild of that city, and you know it. Come to Oklahoma City. We would love you. We would follow you. We would buy your gear and totally support you. Chargers to Oklahoma City right now. Hashtag Chargers to OKC. Boom. Put it on the billboards. You're not even seeing the big picture. The Oklahoma City Chargers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I love it. Like, we're all weather, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Lightning and the thunder. The, the Chargers get literally, like, zero respect in L.A. It's a Rams town. We'll be going for the Tampa Bay Lightning next And time. I'm just saying. <laughs> right? I'm just saying, man. Give us the Chargers. We, we've, got, we've got land. We can build a stadium. Let's get it, man. Maybe we can get the Seattle Storm. Oh, wait. Oh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, anything to do with weather, we, we want it. Yeah. Anything. So. And ladies and gentlemen, he says that wearing a Viking shirt. That's that is correct. Go Vikes! I've, that's the one game I've actually been to in person. So yeah, that was good too. I've actually been a Vikings fan for over twenty years. So. I've not. I don't have a team. So, so that is our AFC breakdown. Those are our AFC predictions. It's down. It's official. It's on paper. Next week we cover the NFC and whatever other topics that may arise during the week. Thanks for listening. You all have a great week. This is Chance Del Fuego. This is Drunk Tim. And? And Blair Smith. All right. You all have a great one. Thank you.